Howard from the Perdomo Cigar Studios on the Black Stage in Indian Trail, North Carolina, and broadcasting from the Alec Bradley Lone Star Studios in Azle, Texas. It's primetime special edition number 114. Tonight, it's pregame for the Great Smoke 2022, and we'll have the man behind this event, Honest Abe Dababna. And as always, primetime special edition is sponsored by Perdomo Cigars. Awarded Nicaraguan Cigar of the Year in 2014 by Cigar Journal, the Perdomo 20th anniversary brand has consistently earned the highest scores in the industry and is a top seller in humidors around the world. The Perdomo 20th anniversary blend requires tobaccos that have been carefully hand-selected and are well-aged for a minimum of eight years. The Perdomo 20th anniversary is offered in three distinct wrappers, a smooth, creamy Ecuadorian Connecticut, a rich, earthy Cuban seed Nicaraguan sun-grown, and a dark, oily Cuban seed Nicaraguan Maduro. Combining these beautifully bourbon barrel-aged wrappers with thick, high-priming binder and filler tobaccos gives each blend a balanced complexity with layers of rich flavors and smooth, elegant aromas. Perdomo Cigars is a family-owned and operated company headquartered in Miami, Florida, with manufacturing and agricultural facilities in Esteli, Nicaragua. Perdomo's highly acclaimed cigar brands include the Perdomo Estate Selection Vintage, the Perdomo Double Aged 12-Year Vintage, the Perdomo 20th Anniversary, the Perdomo Reserve 10th Anniversary Line, Perdomo Abano Bourbon Barrel Aged, Perdomo Lot 23, Perdomo Mensa 70, and many more. For great tasting notes and pairing information, check out the new Perdomo website at www.perdomocigars.com. And of course, we want to mention Aganorsa Leaf. Great Leaf makes great cigars. Aganorsa Leaf stands out because of the distinctive flavor of our Carojo 99 and Criollo 98 seeds cultivated by Cuban agronomists on the best lands in Jalapa and Esteli, Nicaragua. When you smoke one of our JFR, JFR Lunatic, Guardian in a Farm, or Casa Fernandez cigars, you experience the unique taste and aroma that makes Aganorsa Leaf special. Smoke one today and enjoy the signature flavor of Aganorsa Leaf. And we want to mention JRE Tobacco. The authentic Corojo Leaf is one of the most robust and flavorful tobacco leaves out there. During the Golden Age of Cigars of Cuba, it was a leaf of choice to make some of the world's greatest cigars. Because it is one of the most challenging ones to cultivate, it fell out of favor by the 1990s. In the Hamastron Valley in Honduras, Julio Anaroa took on the challenge of growing Carajo from the original seeds. And in 2000, he successfully reintroduced authentic Carajo back to the market. With over 50 years experience in the tobacco business from growing and curing tobacco to cigar production, the Jerry Tobacco Farm has been able to continue to deliver products to market with authentic Carajo. Now with Jerry Tobacco, who and his son Husto bring their very own brand to market, each containing the authentic Carajo leaf. Aladino is available in 100% authentic Carajo Puro, San Andres Maduro, Ecuadorian, Connecticut Shade, Cameroon, or Abano wrapper, representing the Golden Age of Scars from 1947 to 1961. And now available at your local retailer, be sure to ask for Jerry Tobacco, a legacy that is tasted in every drawer. And finally, Drew Estate. Drew Estate's about to make someone a whole lot richer. During its freestyle live show on the company's Facebook Live page, Drew Estate announced it will hold a Bitcoin sweepstakes with numerous incredible prizes during freestyle live events, including a grand prize of one full Bitcoin for a lucky fan to be announced during the February 17th, 2022 edition of Freestyle Live. Entry into this unheralded Drew Estate Bitcoin sweepstakes is simple. During three of the company's freestyle live shows, October 15th, November 11th, 
And upcoming on January 20th, 2022, the company will randomly select the names of five people who attend the online show and comment during specific times in each broadcast as potential winners of an assortment of fantastic prizes. The five winners from each of these three shows will create a contestant pool of 15 people eligible to win the Grand Boys Bitcoin. You can learn more on Drew State's uh, Facebook page at facebook.com forward slash Drew State or visit drewstate.com. And remember, all the live streaming for the Primetime Network of Shows, as well as for the California studios of the Primetime Show, is sponsored exclusively by Drew Estate. Well, welcome, everybody. This is Primetime Special Edition number 114. Today is Tuesday, January 18th, 2022. Will Cooper here. I am in the Perdomo Cigar Studios tonight on the Black Stage as we go to a, a, a reconfiguring of the studio again, which is uh, exciting. But even more exciting is we are debuting on primetime the new Alec Bradley Lone Star Studios out of Azle, Texas, where my friend and colleague, Mr. Bear Duplissy is. Uh, good evening, Coop. Good evening. Uh, you know, it wasn't even a Spanish word, man. It's Azle, Texas. It's oh, it's Azle. Azle, yes. Azle, like Hazel, Hazel mining with Azle. Yes, exactly. Hazel, Azle. And uh, yeah, I'm pleased to, t- pleased to be joining you. Uh, christening. Uh, the new uh, Alec Bradley Lone Star Studios of Azel, Texas. It's uh, I'm gonna have to start thinking about that too because now I'm gonna flub it too next time I say it. <laughs> but no, I, I'm I'm excited to I'm excited to be here. This is a fantastic. This is gonna be well. You said we didn't have to say it's gonna be a fantastic show, but it is. Oh, um, it definitely is. It's an exciting show, um, because it's a very exciting time in the industry for sure. Um, mm-hmm. and I know um, you know we have a, we have a great show planned. I you know. So, what, Bear, why don't we just get right into it? Because um, we'll have time, to, time, time, we'll have time to chat a little later as we after we're done with Abe. Um, and um, without further ado, are we going to be done with Abe, or is Abe going to be done with us? He That's may be done important. with us by the time okay. we're done. All right. <laughs> but enough. without further ado, welcoming over to the. I don't think you and I have interviewed Abe together, so I think this is the first. I think Aaron and I have done all the interviews with Abe. So pretty exciting to welcome uh, Abe over to the special edition of the side of the house. It's Honest Abe DeBabna. Abe, welcome to primetime. Hey, thanks for having me. Glad to be here, though. It almost sounds as if you um, can't wait to get me off so you guys can have your own chat. Well, <laughs> oh, no, I mean, you're welcome to stay for that part. That's why I said. I was like, are we getting rid of Abe? Or is Abe you can stay for as long as you want, stuff. actually. It's up to you. <laughs> we, I, I've been sensitive about keeping people long, so uh, you you are always welcome. Bear and I will be going through our top ten list, and you probably wouldn't have heard of half the cigars. That's my concern, <laughs> but uh, that's about it. So, how are you guys doing tonight? We're doing good. We're doing good. Fantastic. So, so Abe, let's. What I want to do is I want to kick off a tradition that we do on this show. You may have done this with Bear, but um, Bear. Like tonight, I have my top three cigars of the year that I'm going to smoke, right? And I'll talk about that, but I want to do the Bear's piece first. Um, and Bear's going to give you three cigars, and you're going to decide what he's going to smoke. Oh, okay. Okay, so, yep, he, he leaves it up to the guests, and it's binding. Yeah, no, no. So um, all, three, all three cigars were uh, procured at a fantastic establishment. That I'm pretty sure our guest is pretty familiar with. So I, I got these at uh, smokein.com. Oh, and uh, oh, wow. Oh, that was savage mean. move here. That was savage. Uh, <laughs> uh, one, of my, one, of my, one of my favorites, uh, and this is the uh, Dojo Adogma Sun Grown. Sun Dog. Uh, and the Sun Dog, yes, sir. Sun Dog, uh, good job. 
And uh, I've got the Illusione uh, Gargariste uh, in the Robusto side. Gargariste. And the, uh, one of the newest releases from Rocky Patel, The Disciple, in the Robusto as well. So Good all shorter cigars. I'm pretty sure I'm probably going to go through all of them tonight. But, uh, but Abe, if you would do me the honor of selecting my first cigar tonight, that'd be fantastic. I got to go with the Sundog, bro. Fantastic. That project's near and dear to our hearts, man. And, you know, that whole dogma project. So that Sundog was very cool. And we're all very happy to have launched it and been involved with it. So, um, and I actually enjoyed it. I thought it was a great cigar. Um, the other two are great as well. Nothing <laughs> wrong with them, but uh, that one just uh, is close to me. Yeah. Oh, I, I love the cigar. So right. Thank you. Thank you. Abe. Good job. Um, Abe, what I'm going to actually, Abe and Bear. Um, so I have my top three cigars of the year. But I'm, gonna, I'm not going to smoke them in order, and I'll tell you why. Uh, number three cigar of the year is the Perdomo Firecracker, which if you've had this cigar, you know it's a firecracker. It's, a, if, it's, a, it's great. The, the number two cigar of the year is the – it's not – it was technically – it's the same blend, but not the same size. It's the Aventura um, Queen's Pearl Robusto. Mine are actually the Corona Gorda, but I'll explain why it's the Robusto in a second. And then the number one cigar of the year is the Rocky Patel Winter Collection Robusto. But this Robusto, and I know, Abe, you like this blend. That's why I'm going to smoke it. I know you like this blend. I tried the Lancero. The Lancero is killer. It's, I, I, the Lancero, you know, every size is good in this. But Bear had the Robusto as his number three cigar of the year. So that's why I want to do justice to smoke that one first. And it's a good first cigar. But, yeah, they, uh, Abe, you've, I know you've been talking a lot about Adventura. And uh, they're doing some really good stuff right now. I think he's one of the big up and coming guys. Oh, he totally is. And and their this is his brand. And it, it, I, I remember it was um a guy by the name of Tony Bellotto. You may know this is four years ago at the show. He introduced me to this brand. It wasn't even in the U.S. at the time. And I'm like, this is incredible. I mean, I, I was just blown away by that cigar. Um, it was one of those cigars I took home from the trade show and smoked. And I called Tony and I'm like, Tony, tell me about this thing, man. This is, this is like incredible. And then a year later, the brand launched. And, uh, I think this Queens Pearl is the one that's really put them over the top over the last year. This has gotten a lot of acclaim from just about everybody right now. I've seen who's had it. So I'll tell you a little bit about something about this. First off, I, I want to answer one of the questions that somebody asked. I am smoking the, Chochada. Okay. Oh, that's the Saka. That's just that's that is the Saka. Oh, I gotta get by it. That is the Saka new like event pack cigars. These will be given out with purchases at the Great Smoke. So we photography, and of course, you know, it's always hard to get the stuff back in the cello, so that just leaves me some stuff to smoke. Right. Um but yeah, this is this is like my size, man. I love this size. This this, this chochata is killer. I think people are gonna I think people are gonna forget about Popetta very quickly with these chochadas. Um, but I'll tell you about Henderson Ventura. You know, people don't realize, um, well, at least for us as a company, we don't bring on brands lightly. It's not like a light matter. Um, we want the right companies who not only have quality sticks, but are willing to invest their time and effort to help educate our base and be involved in it. So I met Henderson um, once he came to my office, actually to pick up a watch, somebody shipped him here. 
Um, he was in Miami and somebody had chipped a watch here and he picked it up before he left back to the DR. But I went to a trade show and he was in, you know, a booth that had multiple other companies. We really couldn't talk. Um, so right across the aisle was Gurkha, who I knew had these little private rooms. So I, they were kind enough. I said, listen, can I borrow one of these rooms? And I went in there. I probably spent an hour plus with Henderson Ventura. And not only does this kid know what he's doing with tobacco, if you know about his family and his history, he's just got the right attitude. Yep. He is very proud of what he works and what he does. So bringing the ADV line to smoke in was a great match for us. Um, we're in love with his products. We're in love with his philosophy, how he works. And very excited because he's one of the TGS limited releases this year. And this this is going to, this, and I've said it before, and then he was nice enough to send us a whole bundle. So I was able to give a couple out. This one will be the sleeper, in my opinion, of the great smoke releases. I mean, look, I mean, Little Big Delicious, Agonorsa, Anniversario, Socket. We all know they make great cigars, but I think people are going to be blown away by this project that he made for us um, for the great smoke. That's awesome. That's that's pretty exciting. Um, the one you gave me wasn't it. It was another cigar. You gave me one in your office. Oh, I, it was it. That was it? it. Purple? The purple, yeah. That's it. Oh, boy. Yeah, that's a sleeper, Abe. No question. That was it. That's a total sleeper. People are going to be... That's going to be the one I'm telling you, like, uh, if you, if you, if you're going to go and buy one. Yeah. There's a great story behind how that cigar happened. And it'll be in a press release. Once we get past the next TGS release, which is the Matt Booth release, mm -hmm. put it out there, but it has a great story on how that cigar happened. It was really meant for another project that we were working on during COVID and it just ended up into this and we're excited about it. And I think anybody who's an ADV, ADV fan is going to be elated with a cigar and I think people who maybe never tried his stuff when they try this I, I, I strongly believe this will be the sleeper of all our TGS releases yeah I mean he had he had uh, three cigars in my top 10 last year and then the top three cigar this year yeah I mean I love I love I love what he does yeah, yeah. yeah. but they're I think like they said they with their brand I think they're bringing their best stuff right now uh, to the table and uh, it's like I said it's just cigar after cigar I'm having and um like I said, this Connecticut that I'm smoking, all the sizes have been great in this line, too. You know, Abe mentions Lancero. I mentioned the Corona. And, and now you, you have the Robusto. That's how good this line is. Um, you know, so this is, like I said, this is one of the best Connecticut's I've had in the last couple of years, for sure. Uh, it's just that good. And um, it was, you know, it's very much in the running for one. So, um, all right. I got to do one housekeeping thing, and I'm going to get right into the great smoke. And that's our, our Tobacco Era USA giveaway which we do each special edition sponsored by Tobacco Era USA. Um, I'm going to show the giveaway tonight, and then I have to put a question up for the audience. So, um, And then the audience has to follow along with the answer. So tonight's giveaway, we have by popular demand, the H. Upman gift set, which includes that cooler uh, backpack, which I'll tell you, my wife grabbed one of those when I got it, and I didn't get it back. Uh, the, baseball, the H. Upman baseball cap and a tumbler glass. And I think there's a cigar rest in this thing, too. Um, you may ask, how do you win this prize? Well, if you are on live, right, um, all you have to do is um, answer a simple question and put it in the chat. And then uh, I will pick a winner at the end of the show. And the question is, there is a new H. This is going to be a tough one tonight, Bear, because we're going to see how many people really read Cigar Coop. 
There is a new H. Upman cigar being, being produced by A.J. Fernandez that's coming out of TPE. I need right. the name of that cigar. Hashtag it H. Upman in the chat. So these, like I said, if you read Cigar Coop, you'll have no problem answering this. It's a, like these tests, these quizzes are open book and I'll pick one at random. Like, so again, you put it in the chat, the new cigar by AJ Fernandez for H Upman. That's coming out of TPA. So I'll give you a hint. The one that's here that says H Upman by AJ Fernandez is the old cigar. So don't waste your time putting that answer in because you're going to be wrong. There's a new cigar coming out for H Upman at TPA. Put it in the chat. Hashtag H Upman. Did so- I do that right there? That, absolutely. So remember two things. One, H. Upman. Upman has two N's at the end. Yep. That's Spell one. it right. Number two, if you go to Cigar Coop and use the handy dandy search bar, I'm telling you right now, it may not be the first one, but I'm pretty sure it's going to be in the top two stories under H. Upman. So yeah. really not that hard. Yeah. And, 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 and Alan Rubin, no, you can't win. You work for the company <laughs> or the parent, the same parent company. <laughs> Alan can get like fucking 30 of those things. I know, man. exactly. He's probably already He should be sending us some more. Yeah, thanks, we're, Alan. Where we're that? working for Alan tonight. What the hell, man? He's trying <laughs> I know to he's kidding. I actually, and I'm going to be honest with you, Alan's busting balls here, so he's not like that. So <laughs> he knows he's kidding, but uh, it's fun to kid him back uh, with that. All right. So that's our contest for tonight, man. Super easy. I'm seeing answers come in already. So, um, but make sure, make sure you have those hashtags in there. Because I will not find your answer any other way. So hey, get- Tim, Tim, your answer. Uh, Good. Appreciate the hashtag and everything. Just leave the dot out, man. Otherwise, the H. Upman doesn't come in. Yeah, so and just- don't put two answers. Delete your old answers. Because again, I, I may you may not win that way. He's not gonna. <laughs> you're not. You're not gonna pull this one up because it just hashtag the H. Okay. Well, put that's the, it. He put the, 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 the contest. We do this. We do this every week. So uh, we'll go. All right, so go, go, I'll, I'll mention the contest again, but yeah, hashtag H Upman, one word, please. And make sure you put Sean that Miles, hashtag Sean in. Miles is helping us out. He's like telling people put their hashtag in. Yeah. All right, we'll get back to, okay, let's get back to Abe. So Abe, yeah, thanks uh, for your patience. Um, you know, Abe, I want to just kind of set the table here. Um, for people who may not know, and I'm going to ask, we're going to get into a lot of this year's events. Um, but what were the origins of the Great Smoke? How did this concept, how did the original Great Smoke concept come about? I don't discuss this. I'm going to hear so much shit from him. So, um, Eric Espinosa. Bro. <laughs> it was, man, bro, Eric Espinosa had come to me. Uh-huh. An idea to do some kind of multi-vendor event. Right. Um, we spent a year looking for venues. Right. There was no venues that was going to allow us to have hundreds of hundreds of people smoking. Forget thousands, hundreds back then. Hundreds of people smoking. Um, and it kind of fell by the wayside. Then what happened was I had my 10th anniversary event. We gave away a Harley, a custom painted Harley, which Scott Chester from Drew Estate helped designed and um it was very cool there were four companies involved it was oliva drew estate rocky i forget the other one it's gonna be bad drew estate 
oh, uh, Camacho, South mm-hmm. Montana. Um, so there was four companies involved and we had this event. It was pretty well organized and we gave away this Harley Davidson. You had a hundred, one in a 150 chance if you bought one of our anniversary boxes. And um, I'm going to mention a name here. See if you recognize it. Michael Argenti. Oh, yeah. Oh, wow. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Which at our event. And after our event, we went out to a nightclub, adult club of a whole bunch of us, customers, everybody. And he was there and we're sitting next to the bar and he was so blown away by this event. There was there was really probably about six to eight hundred people there for, you know, a shop event. And he was so blown away by this event, he literally could not stop talking about it. He's like, man, I, I do JR events. I do stuff. I've never seen an event like this. Where do you go from there? And he literally like spent the next hour like challenging me, like, you know, I just don't see how, where do you go from this event? So it was literally the next morning, Saturday, um, we met with the guys and we, we always cooked lunch at the shop. And I'm looking at the front of our courtyard. We had this big courtyard in front of our old West Palm Beach location with a fountain and everything. I'm looking at this. I'm like, you know, we could do an event here, you know? And that's how it came about. So this, my, my 10th anniversary event, I believe was in October-ish say. Okay. So when I had originally conceived of this, and this is a great story. When I originally conceived of this, um, my plan was to do it a year later, like next November, October, November. Right. Um, but then what happened was Christian Aroa, who was at my 10th anniversary event, had gone to the hard rock that night or something. And he had said that Franz Blah had just flown in from Tampa to the hard rock here in Hollywood, Florida on the East coast. And, um, he ran into him. So I started freaking out saying, why? Cause Thompson had just thrown like their own little version of like the great smoke. Um, in the hard rock in Tampa, like a month or two before my 10th anniversary party. And I remember because it was epic rain. People were had to walk through like a foot or two of water during that event. I remember hearing stories. So I started freaking out saying to myself, well, if this guy flew here to the hard rock here on this coast. Maybe he's looking to do a, a multi-vendor event here at this coast on the hard rock. So instead of waiting a year, we actually made the first great smoke happen that February. And you got to remember back then I might've had like six employees total. There was no, I was doing all my graphics. We had no graphic guys. I hadn't slept three or four nights a week working at home, making ticket books. It was so funny back then too, because we sold two tickets to great smoke in duplicate forms. It wasn't, we weren't even trying to sell it to people out of state. (laughs) You know, so customers would come in, we fill out the form, they pay, we rip the duplicate form. We had, that's how archaic it was. But we, and, and then worse, so we had this open courtyard. So you got to remember at this point, there hadn't been a, any big smoke, which, you know, Cigarfish now really kind of started these multi-vendor events. There hadn't been one in, in 10 years at the time, 10 or 11 years. So I'm going to the manufacturers telling my idea and half of them were kind of like, what, what, you know, but, you know, we had developed a good reputation of doing events that, you know, they all signed up. So here I am, first one ever. We got no cover. It's literally just an open courtyard. I remember poor Carlito's head was burning. We had to find him a, a, a smoking cap to wear. Um, but when we looked at the weather coop, I'm not BSing you. It was rain all week. Really? 
And this was before the t- the tents and everything, right? This is the first one. There was no tents. Right, right. Okay. Okay. It was just out in the open courtyard. Coop, it was rain from Monday prior to the Sunday after. Man, and I was freaking out. This is going to be catastrophic. It's going to ruin this event. And I started doing every superstitious thing. And one of the things my one of my dear friends, you know, my brother from another mother, told me, you got to put a Madonna in the window. Put a Madonna statue in the window, man. It keeps it from raining. I, I was doing that. Wow. <laughs> it rained every day. It said it was going to rain. Monday through Friday, all day. Saturday supposed to be the same thing. We wake up Saturday morning. It is overcast. Okay. The CAO flavorettes are there changing. You know, remember the flavorettes? The yeah. Yeah. <laughs> And I'm not bullshitting you, man. At 10 o'clock, literally, I, I'm getting goosebumps talking about it. I don't know. You can, like divine intervention, the clouds parted, man, and the sun came through. Could not believe it. And we had a beautiful event. We had a great event, and it was sunny, and then it rained Sunday. How about go figure? Wow. The Madonna statue, maybe, yeah. First great smoke. Second great smoke. We did add little small tents, but I don't know if you remember our courtyard out front there. It's mm-hmm. not great covering. No, and I don't. Manufacturers from getting soaked. Yeah. And the third year we moved it into the big parking lots with the big circus tents and right. complete cover. But yeah, that was the first year. And that's kind of how the great smoke originated. It originated as a just local event. Like I said, we didn't even try selling tickets to people out of state. And I think it was in the second year word had gotten out from the first year. And I got a call from a guy. I'll never forget it. I was working late, 9 o'clock at night, 9.30 at night. We closed at 8 at the time. We had no bars. And I got a guy for, a call from a guy from Boston. He said, look, I'm, I was trying to go to the C, uh, Cigar Fest. The tickets sold out. I can't go. I heard about yours. I want to come down. And, you know, are there tickets available? So I told him, yeah. And then he started asking me, well, what do you do other than the event? This is my third year. You know, this is my second year. I'm sorry. It was my second year. He's like, what do you do out of the event? I'm like, what do you mean? Well, do you have any pre-events? I was like, no. I said, he goes, well, yeah, I'm flying in. I'd like to do more. I said, you know, we really never thought of it. And it was because of that guy that the very following year, we did an after party. That was like our first additional thing that there was right. going to be an after party. And then because, you know, people were flying in and we just didn't want it to be over four hours. And then, then, then the pre-event dinner came and then the store events came. And now it's like a four day extravaganza. Yep. No, I, I actually, I think when I went to my first great smoke, it was in the back of West Palm Beach in that parking lot. Yeah. That side parking lot. That's not, yep. That side parking lot. Right. And you kind of, uh, yeah, it was kind of, you went around the corner. I remember two years. It was literally right out our front door in that courtyard. Wow. I remember that. I mean, I know that courtyard really well. I mean, I've been in that store a lot. Um, and, uh, yeah, so, I mean, and it's, it's grown to be enormous, uh, this event, obviously. And like I said, I think even just another thing I want to mention, I learned about your event because of KMA. So, I mean, 2011, I think you were talking about it on KMA a lot. Uh, then you actually had a, I remember you brought a radio guy in to kind of do like the event, like the show during the event, cause you were, you were running around on a Segway. That was the whole, I remember the whole thing about the segue. And I said, I got to get down to this thing the year after. I'm like, there's no way I'm going to miss this thing. So I, I planned a year in advance to get down there. Uh, and then I went to my grace, my first one the year after that. So, um, you know, I think, you know, the power of that show, I think really helped build that into a national event, what it is too. The, the great smoke has honestly become something that it's, it's one of the pillars that I'm very proud of, of, yeah. of the whole organization we built. 
Um, one, it's always been attached to a charity. Mm-hmm. Every um, we donate lots of money to charity. In fact, uh, the Kids Cancer Foundation we're currently doing, and I think it was in 2015. My awards on the shelf back there. They made me a man of the year, hero of the year. I think I, I remember it. that. Um, so we've always tied it to a charity. So it's always been a positive cause for us. But for it to have gone from where it was to now us taking over the fairgrounds and now doing it virtually, um, it's one of the top national events amongst everybody. And I, I really believe if we pull this year off with this dual virtual live thing at River, and and the production value, you got to remember. We only had one year of doing a themed event. Yeah. Was no, it was a disco one. 70s can you dig yeah. it and shut down yeah. digital. And this is yeah. our second year. I do believe because of the production value and what we're doing to make it not just, hey, we're getting around smoke cigars, we're actually making a, a little production out of the whole thing. I, I, I believe in within two to three years, this will be the number one probably sought after event in the country. Absolutely. I mean, absolutely. And, you know, I know you're on front a long time, but I, it's it's like I said, there's probably really three or four Moscow events. And, you know, this one's right at the top. And, it pro- you know, and it and now it's it, it went to a whole different direction last year, Abe, because of circumstances beyond your control. Um, And I know we've, we've you've talked a lot about last year's event, the virtual event. Right. But I want to ask a couple of specific questions, and that's going to lead us into 2022, I think. If I so, if I can, Coop, before we go into this real quick, I, I do I I think this is an appropriate question right now. Abe. So you know you know we've talked we've talked about the story of the Great Smoke a little bit, and we're going to get in more into it a little bit here in just a second. But you know it, it, it's kind of you know to throw a word onto it, it's 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 evolved over time, just like your business has. You know you didn't start with a bunch of stores, you started with one. You know, and was. Is that, has that always, has that always speaking evolution? Has that always been your mindset? Like when you got into this business, did, was this the dream one day to, to have the world's great, like, you know, the world's best event and to have a, you know, to have a slew of stores uh, and it kind of, you know, um, you know, the word empire, I think gets tossed around a lot, but you know, you know what I'm talking about? Like, is, was that always part of the vision to continually build and build each year uh, you know, to be some greater than its parts or, or, or was this, or, or was that when you first started, was that just not even on the radar for you? You know, this is an interesting question because, you know, part of my job as an employer is I believe I, I need to mentor the young men and women who work for me. Um, and there's something I call depth of vision. Everybody has a different depth of vision, how far you could look down the road. And, um, you know, people like, you know, Bill Gates and Steve Jobs see miles down the road and we're looking like yards down the road. You know, they, they see a universe that will be realized that we can't even conceived of. And that's like amazing. But, you know, I've thought about this over and over and I, I wish I could say I was intelligent enough to really say this was a structured plan and we were going to do this and we were going to do this. And eventually I saw myself getting here. And maybe as I get a little older, you know, I turned 50, I, I'm able to think a little further down now. But I think part of just what made it all happen. I, I mean, look, I remember, I, I remember saying this to myself when I had one 900 square foot retail store. You know, there was two or three very well-known establishments that were big, like big. One, two, three, four. And I remember saying to myself, man, how do you get to that level? You know, I mean, how do you become like those guys? I mean, what did they do? 
right? And it was a question I posed myself that I never really found the answer to or tried to answer, but it was something I asked. Meanwhile, all four of those companies, well, three are completely gone and one is a fraction of what it was back in the day and we far surpassed it. But what we've been good at is focusing in the moment. And, or, you know, what I, how I've led my team is, look, whatever we're working on now, we're going to do it the best we can do. And when we're done with it, and it's kind of what we've done with the Great Smoke and what we've done in our stores, how do we make it better? So we never stop asking that question. What can we do to make it better? What can we do to make something more exciting in our industry? What can, and, and, and we're really good at once we think of something like the digital experience or even like our advent calendar, we're good at execution. That's where we excel at, right? Coming up with an idea is one thing, but we can execute and make it happen. And um, I think that execution part's been the key to our success because as we think of these things, whether, listen, I, I said it many, many times when, when cigar bars are opening up, I will never have a bar. You know, I'm not a bar guy. I don't know about bars. I like closing at eight, leaving my shop at seven, 7.30, being home, you know, and whatever. I said I'd never have bars, but evolution has, you know, takes its course. And you know, now whatever stores we have now that don't have bars is in our game plan now to make them bars. So um, I think that's been the key to success. So I don't think I ever saw myself getting here um, or growing to this level. Um, I just think it's been a culmination. You know, if you're making a dish and cooking, if you put all the right ingredients in, you end up with a fabulous dish. And I think we just have been good at constantly putting right ingredients in and the rest is just nature taking its course. You know, Abe, it's a execution actually is a great segue into what I was going to talk about. Uh, so I have two questions related to last year's event. I think this kind of brings us into this year. We, I think you've talked a lot about last year's event, but what was something that totally surprised you in terms of that execution during that event? What kind of just like, wow, it's like I didn't think this was going to work or maybe something came out of it that I didn't think of. What, what kind of surprised you with that? I'm going to tell you, you will be surprised when I tell you this because it really wasn't anything as far as the production. Um, what I'm going to tell you is my biggest surprise and joy because something inside just told me early on this was going to be integral and before having the conversation, I really wasn't sure if it was going to happen. And when it happened so like readily, I was so happy was getting Michael Herklotz to co-host. Co you know, here you got a guy in a state that nobody's basically leaving. Um, you know, at that time he was with Nick Sherman, but before the Great Smoke, we kind of knew it wasn't, you know, that wasn't going to be around. And, you know, he, there was no real reason at that point he needed to come down and, and do that for us. Um, but for me, that, that was such a cornerstone component of the success that I knew that it needed to be. Um, and that for me was, you know, when Michael said, I would love to do it uh, as long as I can get out and make it happen. And, and he was really like, didn't even like try to try to hesitate, you know, his, his, his immediate response was if it's possible, I'll be there. So for me, that was huge. Um, but seeing the set, because you got to remember, a lot of this stuff is drawing. Right. When I walked in and I saw the set built and how it looked, I was like blown away. I'm like, oh man, this is some real deal stuff. Um, but once again, that goes to good planning. You know, we had really all worked out. But 
I kind of knew what the end product, I, where, where the real awe that I saw during the digital experience was, um, I, I'm the one that kind of knew what I wanted the final product to be, but not everybody in my team can see that far. So they're all working very hard in their little components and segments, not really seeing what the end product is. You know, and I kind of use the analogy, it's kind of like working on a puzzle. You know, you start with the corners and the edges and sure. you in the middle and as you're getting closer and closer the picture man when they started seeing what was going on and and the stuff and the awe and the look in their faces man, it was it was great for the company it was great for the morale it was great for the team um I, i'll be honest i don't think we got um i had i had i got inundated with texts from a lot of my friends in the industry competitors other guys retailers manufacturers but um for, for me my personal opinion, I could be biased. That was the most unprecedented happening of 2020 across the board. It was on the coop list for the top 12 stories of the year. Yeah. I mean, we I, don't I, rank them, but they're all equal in my book. So yeah, I don't think anything that happened in yeah, cigar yeah. 2020 yep. uh, measures up to what we accomplished with the digital experience. And you know, I said it before, yep. had I known what we we're going to be in, in for like putting this together, I literally would have had people, walk around with us the final 60 days and just have done a documentary on the putting together of that event. That's how like mm -hmm. astounding it was. And immediately after the event, Michael was talking to me. Um, and I'll never forget immediately after the event, I like kind of, we were, we were just exhausted. We were sitting in two leather chairs next to each other. I said, I said, you know, you know, Hey, are you any interest in doing this again next year? And like, you know, cause I don't know. <laughs> he literally, I mean, it's like, are you serious? Are you asking me that question? That, that's how cool <laughs> Michael was. Yeah. <laughs> it really was. But um, yeah, we had no idea what it was going to take to pull this thing off. I would have documented it. And Michael tried telling me, you need to do this. I was like, because, you know, Michael had the luxury of just flying in Friday and going right. live. He doesn't realize what it takes. That's why it's not going to be yeah. done. It's, it's a monstrous effort. It really is. To, to do it with that there was there was no rehearsal there you know this was live people coming in flying in the day before or that morning and we're putting in this you know this this live seven and a half hour not a 30 minute broadcast and um it's probably one of the proudest moments of my life and you know for me also seeing my daughter get up there and play with that was beautiful we uh you know it, that was beautiful and the other um, part what you didn't see was the watch party end of things like, so we're on the other end and, and everyone's talking about this thing. Like we're, we're all messaging each other throughout the day. And when your yeah. daughter came out, that was, I think, one of the big highlights when we were, everyone just said it was a wow moment for us at that point. I think without a doubt that event took over social media for that. Day. Oh, there's no doubt. But yeah. it was like I said, my, my I was getting text messages, instant messages, you know, there's chat groups. I mean, it just people were watching this thing. And, and everyone just and, and as this thing's unfolding, we I think everyone knew that day that this was something we had never seen before, and the bar was raised to another level for sure. Thank you, sir. Yeah, yeah. I I think you're I think there's a couple of things to just pull out of that. Like you, you use the word culmination, Ib, and 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 the moment that you described when you walked onto the set for the first time and realized all the hard work, and you saw it visually, like in the flesh, so to speak, the first time, like that had. You described it as being a powerful moment. I, I can't imagine. I can't imagine what that felt like. Um, you know, considering considering the year that we all had, and then for you to to pull off the event and everything like the way it was, it just 
just an, I mean, I mean, it must've been an unbelievable personal experience for you. Uh, really, Cause I know this is very personal to you. No, it really was. And, and really thank you, man. Cause look, we struggled. We almost didn't have a great smoke last year because if we weren't going to have a live one, I refused to do it in, in the format that I saw a couple other people try. Yeah. And that's kind of the one thing when you don't go first and something like that, I see what other people did, like, you know, you know, to have a virtual event broadcast the way we're broadcasting this or the way we even do KMA on a flight, that wasn't going to work for me. No. And, you know, we literally sat in this, this office, in this room for three hours plus, just trying to yeah. think ideas on what to do and not just cancel the event. And, um, yeah, that'll that'll ever go forever go down as one of one of the accomplishments. I'm probably extremely extremely proud of, and and very proud of everybody who was involved and worked and and and, and made that happen. I mean, just the packing of the virtual packs alone was insane. We had no warehouse, we had no room. The Gurkha people were nice enough to literally let us take over like twenty percent of their warehouse pallets and pallets and pallets were coming in and we were bussing teams of 15 people down for two weeks just packing these party in the packs and getting them out the door i mean it, it really was crazy like i said i would have done a documentary it was insane yeah. it was it was it was wonderful now abe i know you were a long time and you don't rest on your laurels and you you're a guy i would call a guy who believes in continuous improvement so looking back at, at last year's event where there's some things that maybe I don't want to say went wrong, but things that, Hey, these are things we need to kind of look at for 2022 to do a little differently. Well, we, you know, last year was a one of a kind situation. We're never going to do a seven and a half hour virtual broadcast again. God forbid, you know, there's not another you know pandemic in this world, but you know, um, so I really can't say we spent a lot of time thinking about focusing on that. You know, there was stuff we learned that we will, we will change on the virtual side of this. And there really was no big flaws. I mean, there were a couple like things that can you say were problematic? Yeah. Did we maybe make enough of the limited edition cigars that people kind of got upset about that they didn't get a chance and they sold out like in 10 minutes? I mean, yeah, but who, who the hell knew? First off, we, we were begging we were begging people to work with us in a very short window than normal for some of these projects, you know. And who knew that Carlito was going to make this incredible Opus X edition and Saka cigar that sold out? I mean, they all sold out every single. They one. sold out like minutes and crashed our not not yeah crashed your server every time. So that wasn't that was by the way. I want folks to know that wasn't your fault. You, you don't have servers that were capable like. A business like you can't have servers that are that big to handle that workload. That's that was the issue, right? So yeah, I mean, so here's the thing. So for us, is those really aren't solvable problems, right? You know, I mean, so that's just something that was running the day. And you know, look, being that it was digital and people were dying to be involved, there were a lot of people who didn't know what the Great Smoke was about, didn't understand the spirit of the event, and they literally participated just to get some of these limited edition releases. And when they didn't get them, they got upset. You know, and. You know, you know, I, I made a video the day after, tried to tone that down, but it was what it was. And I'm not going to let anybody ruin what it was. Um, we were very proud of it and very happy with it. And, um, you know, like I said, I, I don't think there was really much that we could say. You know, do we have some learning experience from broadcasting? Absolutely. I think it's going to make it a little bit easier for us this year to handle the virtual side. But a lot of the virtual side this year is going to be 
eaten up by broadcasting a lot of stuff that's going on live. So it's not a seven and a half hour fill of production in a studio like we had right. to do last year. So the virtual side will be a little bit easier this year, but where it's going to get a little complicated was, you know, we didn't have any hard breaks being all in one right. set. We long, we went long, we shortened another segment. You know, this year, because we have to time it between what's going on live somewhere else and what's going on in the little studio that we're building that Michael will be on, um, it's going to take a little more uh, timing of the director and the production guys to make sure they hit those points and those marks. I have to plan it out right for them on paper and then they have to follow through, but I'll be running around involved in a live event this year. So it's not going to be a format of me and Michael sitting next to, next to each other. I might open up the show with them digitally and then I got to go run and do my stuff. And then the next time you see me on the virtual broadcast, I might be on stage doing something and, and yep. you know, maybe I'll be able to run back and close it out, but I haven't figured all that stuff out yet. So like what you said, Abe, about the spirit of the event, like mm -hmm. I remember the video you posted because I was actually involved in and uh, in, involved, you know, in a in a one of the one of the many people that well, not many, one of the several people that got, I guess, were upset about not getting some of those limiteds and stuff. And and I, I think what people don't realize is is how, how personal you take that. I mean, you commented on that feed, yeah. you commented on every single one and then you made the video too. I. I emailed this. This was a couple of weeks ago, Abe. This was on. I was like, "You're in the middle of planning this another fantastic event." You call me the other day, and you're like, "Hey, by the way, did you? I, I had a I had a a Humipack issue in one of my orders from you, and I emailed. Of course, it got taken care of by your staff right away. But you still called me, and we're like, "Hey, did you ever get that taken care of?" I was like, "It got taken care of in minutes," <laughs> but you still did that. In the middle of all this, this is how personal you yeah, take this. Yeah, you do. I mean, it's really, I've seen it too. I mean, I remember, Abe, you were fretting about moving to the fairgrounds that year. And you were like, you know, you just, you it felt like you were going to let anyone down if anything went wrong. I remember that. And you're me nuts because these guys were so nonchalant. And this is, you know, we know we go to setting up, but no, we got it. And yeah. like, we had a meeting. I'm like, you want me to email it to you? No, I got it. I'm like, you didn't write nothing down. He goes, I got it. You know, I'm like, what? I mean, I was like literally freaking out. Yeah. But, you know, in respect, our event is probably one of the smaller events they have at the fairgrounds. So, you know, to them, it's really not as big as it is to us. So, but my confidence level is different. I don't sweat anything now. I know they put it all together. Same thing with my production guy. I was calling Clay Roberts because, you know, Clay Roberts has Hollywood experiences. Yep. You know, because I was looking for a backup production team because these guys weren't responding in a timely fashion that I was freaking out. You know, and I, I need to start making a plan B in case these guys just, I couldn't count on them because, you know, you don't know people flake out, but then you start realizing that these guys are worried about the project they got next week. That's how far down the road they're like dealing with. So I'm texting them in December and where he's like, he's like, hey, relax, we got this covered. Like, what do you guys just covered? I don't even know what's going on. But so like this year, I'm a lot more calmer, you know? So, you know, part of it's experience, but Luckily, I just been fortunate enough to, to, to keep finding people to deal with it. That once again comes down to the execution, you know, and they have executed the they have executed well. I mean, Fairgrounds has got a great track record. Uh, the production company last year was stellar. Hopefully, they'll continue it this year. Yep. You know, so we'll get let's get into 2022. Um, unique event, right? And I'll, I'll kind of have you expand on what I'm going to say. But if folks think this is just going to be a video with a bunch of interviews th throughout the day, like you mentioned, it's not the case. Because I think what you're trying to do here, and you can expand on this, is you're going to give the virtual audience 
a chance to capture the vibe of the in-person event. I, am I wrong on that? But is that your goal? That's my intention. That's my yeah. goal. Yeah. So, you know, one of the things from coming out of last year was we were inundated with a lot of emails. Um, and literally people asking us not to not not to stop doing it virtually, you know, and in their defense, they're kind of right, you know, unless it's in your town, it's hard to go to these multi-vendor events, you got to take off of work, you got to pay for an airline ticket, you got to pay for hotels. And, you know, for a lot of people, this was their first experience. So it, it really challenged us to figure out how do we do it live and virtual? How do we not give up this virtual aspect now that this is like the new era of events? But we knew we wanted to go back to live. And um, there was a lot of logistical issues we had to overcome to figure out. And, and, and luckily we did. So, I mean, there, there's going to be a huge chunk of people around the country that will be participating. So the best way I can kind of, kind of give you an analogy is if you think of like, you know, the Ryan Seacrest New Year's Eve thing, where the, there's like the main stage, but then they constantly go to somebody on the floor or somebody over here. And I think that's what's going to happen, right? Michael Herklotz is going to have some intimate interviews you know, nothing, nothing more than 15, 20 minutes. And then we're going to take you to the floor because something's going to be going on on the floor with fire dancers or the drum yeah. player, or maybe it's Kim or Paul interviewing somebody or manufacturers or talking to the crowd or hourly drawings. You know, there's a couple of good things that come out of all this is like, you know, at the end of the year, the great smoke and you've been there, man, doing those raffles again, suck. I know you're, you're exhausted when you do it. So you're up there for 20, 30 minutes trying to give away stuff and, you know, we're calling out numbers and there's nobody there. And so we're going to implement what we did last year in digital experience, where we give away like four or five things at the top of every hour. Now you have to, when you kind of do stuff, especially now that you're mixing it live and virtual, you have to give up a couple of things. So like typically when you came to the event and bought boxes or saw vendors, you were able to accumulate more tickets, right? We got people at home, people live. That's not going to happen this year. Everybody gets one ticket, one right. entry. This way we have all the stuff uploaded and we can do these random quick giveaways at the top of every hour and more winners, more winners this way. What was that bear? More winners this way. If everybody gets the same amount of tickets, more winners. And it's not drawn out. You don't have to be there. So we just call out your name. And if it comes out in the randomizer, you win. We move on to the next guy. So there's, there's a couple upsides to doing it digitally. Um, the spreading out of the, so, you know, when, when you, I knew when I was working on the digital experience, a lot of people weren't going to understand what we were doing. That's kind of why I kind of did a whole tour last year for the first time and kind of would do anybody's podcast who would allow me to come out and talk about it because I knew it was a little complicated. Right. And it's never been done before. So to help stir up excitement, last year was the first time ever that we asked companies that were willing to work in a short time to make something special for TGS, never thinking it would have the impact it had. So that's something we're going to now continually incorporate. Um, we've made bigger runs. So the last, you know, and if they last past the great smoke, fine. The people who get them at the great smoke get first dibs and they pay a special price. They'll be more expensive afterwards um, after the great smoke. Um, if they don't sell out, my prediction is they'll all sell out by the end of the event. Um, but nobody's upset. Everybody's happy. Anybody who's wanting them now are getting them. So, and spreading them out. So everybody didn't have to race on one day to get everything was easier too. Um, so there's things we were going to, like I said, we take from the prior event and we incorporate and we say, this is how we'll move forward. I'll tell you this right now, but I haven't said before, this will be the last year ever, ever 
So anybody who's listening and got a ticket this year, this will be the last year ever we'll be making Great Smoke t-shirts, at least to put in the party packs. Really? What's any reason why? Is it just a pain in the neck? Clothing is always a nightmare. So people don't understand is there's a limited amount of packs and we have to print these shirts prior, right? We can't come the week of the event. So we have to allocate shirts, tickets per shirt size. Mm -hmm. So say, just give me a hypothetical number. I know I got a hundred tickets. Well, I got to say, well, 25 of those are going to be attached to large. 30 of those tickets are going to be attached. So when that site sells out, it sells out. Mm-hmm. It's the only way we could do it. Right. And yep. we emails, can I change it? We got guys, I lost weight. Oh, I put the wrong. It's, we'll never do it again. We'll make a golf towel. We'll do something. We will never make shirts again. Literally, it, it's hundreds of emails. I picked the wrong shirt size. I'm really this. This was sold out. Can I swap it out for this? And it's just, it's too complicated. Because you got to remember now, we got to make these packs all by shirt size, separate my shirt size. Sure, yeah, yeah, that's that makes a lot of sense. I, I just from doing small shirt orders for the Coop team <laughs> and getting the sizes right. Uh, so I'm, ch- I'm chuckling over here. You know, the cigar so industry I, I is shirt sizes, I mean, man. Now it I'm thinking matter. about doing this a thousand times bigger, right? So <laughs> he's right. <laughs> that's not sure yet. That, no, shirt sizes are the worst, man, in the cigar industry because no one's in, no, everyone, anyone who's an XL. Like, okay, since there's a pretty big crowd tonight, let me just say this. If everyone should be experiencing this, but let me just go ahead and put that out there. Whatever size you are, size up, get over it. Don't well, let pride get you. Just size up and get over it, and it's fine. Bear, here's my response, right? Because some people complain because we only have four sizes. We picked the four best sizes, large, extra large, 2X, and 3X. It's the four major sizes. If you're smaller than a large, then you haven't fully developed yet. So just <laughs> just just suck it up and wear a big shirt, man. That's so, all you got to do. So, so actually, I got a small size with my pack, right? Because what happened is, you know, they Abe was kind enough to send me a pack. And, and I think it was Alex. I think it was said, hey, we're, we're brought out of shirts. Do you mind? Just I said, yeah, just send me the small. I'll give it away to someone. You know, uh, I think I gave it to my daughter, actually, who, who could, you know, use it. So so, uh, yeah, it's all I completely can see that now. <laughs> Yeah, you say it like that. If you're uh, over 3X, which I'm in this group, then you need to lose weight. That's just the reality of the universe. Yep. yep. I no, mean, I it, it's so, so much havoc. Yeah. I mean, we might make a, a small run and have them available for sale for hardcore people who want to buy one the day of the event or whatever. But to do it, something where it's in a pack and organized and packed, it has to be shipped and handed, never again. No, it's... <laughs> Never again. I, I, you're not getting an argument from me. You mentioned the event smokes, um, and I, I do like the concept you've implemented this year. Um, you've kind of spread them out, starting in December, leading up to you know the event. There's five vendors you've done. You've unveiled Aganor Salif, who was in it last year, and Steve Saka, who were in it last year. And this year you've added uh, three new vendors. The third one was Espinosa. Um, and that was the Diet Sarsaparilla. And now on Saturday, you talked about the fourth one. And I think if you're a smoking customer, a longtime smoking customer, a longtime KMA listener, this fourth release is one you have been waiting for a long time for. So if it's, if it's appropriate, can we get into that piece now? Absolutely. Okay. Absolutely. So many 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 years ago i actually trademarked the name microblend right yep. because at the time 
at the time breweries were getting involved microbiome I, I really thought you know tobacco agriculturally and, and and how cigars are made are similar like to wines and mm-hmm. recipes so i really thought that there would be something to do with microbiome it wasn't until I, I gotta believe three or four years later that we actually put that mark into use when we did our first microbiome but the idea was i mean look people have to be realists when it comes to cigars right a cig- and, and the best analogy I can give you is, look, if you, if you like Granny Smith apples, it has a distinct taste, but you can't argue that sometimes they taste better than others, mm-hmm. depending on the crop, the mm-hmm. season, whatever. Right. I mean, I could blindfold you and hand you a Granny Smith apple, and you'll always know it's a Granny Smith apple because it has a distinct flavor, but it tastes better than others sometimes. And cigars, I find to be the same way, right? I remember when Ashton VSGs were really limited and hot and they were mm-hmm. allocated. When I would open them up to put them on the shelves, I would look for the darkest looking batch. Because for me, that those were tasted better, mm-hmm. right? They all tasted like VSGs, but those tasted better. So that's where we came up with the microblend series where we would do these awesome projects and really work with manufacturers. Not, you know, just buy sticks and randomly. I mean, you you know me intimately. We've posted. You see, some of our projects are years in the making. Oh, yeah. I know this one's been a while, but, yeah, I mean, I do know a lot of these projects. Like, And then you tell me, yeah, we talk, when you say it, I'm like, we talked about that 30 years ago. Yeah, so. yeah. But we really started working on this probably about 18 months ago. Um, but Big Delicious, I can't remember what it was, maybe number seven, six, five. Seven. Five, thank you. There you go. It was five, yep. I've, in our, in our microbike series was a project I did with Room 101 when we when they were with Davidoff. And um, I had gotten very close with Matt. It was such a fun project. We incorporated a cartoon strip with it, which still exists out there. I think it's um, room101bigdelicious.com. Um, and uh, for me, it was one of my favorite cigars. Of, there it is. There's the I was ready, Abe. <laughs> And, and you got to remember, that was episode one. I think there were 16 weeks. So every 16, week. Yeah, so you can go to room101bigdelicious.com. It will be in the show notes. And you can click on. And, and it was what's really cool about this, Abe. Every, you were doing this, I think, every week. You had a different installment leading up to the release. Yes. And it's this adventure of Abe and Matt Booth that's epic. It, and, and I knew you did this. This was you who wrote, designed this thing. I wrote the whole storyboard yep. where you saw it. I, I yep. I hand sketched the scenes and what was going on and, and yep. I wrote a copy and a dear friend of mine named um oh gosh. Oh gosh, I'm having a 50-year-old moment. Brian Peterson, duh, mm-hmm. thank who has done work with me on a lot of special projects. This was a special project. He loved it. He enjoyed it. He he did the whole cartoon for this for us. And this was a great project for us. I loved it. I just loved this. This was so much fun. A big B logo, Matt actually Booth made me a medallion. It's got to be like three yeah. inches around and a monster chain that I still have. Um, this was a lot of great, great memories in the cigar. And um, yep. we had a release here that was Funkadelic and we had some Jackie Browns. And and I think it was shortly after we opened up this our headquarters here in Boynton that we had the the... The release it, for the- it was right around that time. You did the launch party at Monroe's, at but right before the Great Smoke, the, well, the pre the pre the pre release launch. Well, what happened was, if you were coming to the Great Smoke, you got a five pack, a special edition. Yes, mm-hmm. and then the cigar was officially released in its full format. I think that April. Or correct. March. Yeah, that is correct. I, I was at both of those actually. 
I had actually been back there for the April event. It was like April and May, I think it was. Yes. Fast forward, I have my fourth child, which is my son, Asher, Asher Dargo. And um, a year later, Matt has his son. And then we started joking, we should make a little big delicious, just in homage to our boys. And that conversation was probably six or seven years ago. Yeah. <laughs> Matt then left Davidoff and he had some transitional issues. So it really wasn't the time to work on projects, you know, with, with Matt at the time. And uh, then he landed uh, with La Polina and we started talking and we really wanted to make this. And this originally wasn't going to be a, a, a TGS release. Um, but because of COVID and projects and people, it, it's not that easy to get people to work to make these kind of projects. So this kind of like like our next one morphed into being becoming a TGS release. So after all these years, 18 months of work, I remember he gave us the final samples at the PCA show last year. We posted it. Man, was it good. And I'm like, please tell me that this is what's going to end up being because exactly. So um, this is the cigar. Little, little, little big delicious. Oh, wow. Yep. This is the cigar he's got in Matt Booth fashion. Super duper limited on the back. Um, it's a slide. There's 10 cigars. You can see there's two missing already. Hey. <laughs> but this is a miniature version of the, 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 the original release. I gotta get. It's a box press torpedo, closed foot. Um, and I think people are gonna be in love with this the little big delicious. Uh, I think they will too. Um, and it has some, oops, that's the wrong one. We'll get to. That. I have a, I have a, a a clip here. There's nice. only three boxes of those made, um, and then they'll be gone. How many boxes? Abe? There three. we go. Now you can see it there. So you, uh, 300 boxes, uh, and you have to be a TGS ticket holder to get this one. So this is not going to become a micro blend, right? This is just going to be for the event. Yeah, this is technically now a TGS release, so we don't consider it a micro blend, though. It really does fall into what we our parameters of what a micro blend is. Technically, I think all our TGS releases are really micro blends, but sure. And they in, in the concept, yeah, yeah. It's not one that's going to be on your store shelves because you're expecting this to be. I would expect this one to be gone. Um, well, the, as, as we get further along, more and more tickets are getting sold, and more and more people are have access to the store. So, the 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 by the time we get to the final release. The majority of the tickets will be bought so you'll yep. be fending the earlier releases that had less people so you know and, and you know that was another thing problem like we knew we were going to have limited amount of these three four hundred how do you sell them to people who aren't here and people who are going to be here so we realized there's no way we could do it the day of the event sure you allocate like 200 to virtual 300 but then you know the virtual sells out, but we got a hundred. It becomes too complicated. So doing these little pre-event parties where whether you're in Oklahoma or you're in my backyard here in Palm Beach, you have equal opportunity to get the cigar if you have a ticket to the event. And Abe, with, with what you've been doing with the with the uh, kind of the rollout is you've definitely upped the counts of these cigars in a lot of cases. So there, it's, I think the idea was not to kind of sell them out that one day, right? It's kind of as people getting tickets, you know, they can see it and as people getting tickets, they get it. But obviously you want to get yours first before no. they sell out. That was one of the catastrophes of last year. 
right? Everything sold out. People got upset. So we definitely wanted to make sure that we could try to avoid that, right? Yeah. So, and but once again, we went from like two hundred to five hundred, you know, three hundred in, in in the LBD case. But so we knew, hey, well, what if they all don't sell? So that that's why we decided. So look, if if you have a ticket to Great Smoke, you have the first crack at it. Um, if they don't sell by event day, they'll be there for people at the event. And right. if we have any left, we'll make them over to public. But what we're going to do in that scenario is we're, normally none of our special releases are discounted. It's it's the list price. We're going to offer all the TGS people special pricing. So this way, if it ends up we don't sell them out and have to sell them to the general public, that they'll have gotten them at a better price than everybody yep. else as, as a benefit yep. of being in yep. the great smoke. But I, I'm still telling you, my gut is because two of them are almost gone already. They're, they'll, they'll be gone by. I was surprised the there's still some Saka cigars left, but you had a bigger run this year, too. I think it's in the 20s. But you have to remember, we, we limited people. They only, they only could get two. Sure. You know, some people on, on his stuff will buy four or five. They only get two. So that's part of the thing, too, because, look, our goal is in everything we do, we're trying to make as many people as we can happy. Yep. You know, get a handful of people happy. <laughs> You know, so we're just trying to make as many people as we can happy. Yeah, we're afraid to have cigars. That's my life. Having, I'd rather have extra than not have enough. And Abe, when do these? When will these? When is the event with Matt Booth for people who may want to tune in uh, to that? Does so we do like a little sixty-minute, you know, seventy-five yep. broadcast when we release every event? The one with Matt is scheduled January twenty-sixth. 7 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. He'll actually be at the TPE. Yeah, I was going to say, yeah, it's a, that's, I know he's going to be at TPE because I was talking to him on some stuff, yeah. But, um, yeah, so during, the, like, within the first 20 minutes of, of uh, the broadcast, we'll announce, <coughs> excuse me, we'll announce the product is live and um, they'll go on for sale. And like we're telling everybody, you know, I mean, this is still 300. It's not a small amount. You know, everybody was going nuts on the first day because it happened last year. And they were jamming up the site, refreshing, refreshing. They'll, they'll be around. We, we yeah. actually made it so that it, it wouldn't be something that would sell out in 10 minutes. That's, that's I think that's a good, again, that's something you kind of learned from last year. And I think that was a very creative way. Plus, it kind of like builds up. I think it helps build up towards the event, too. Um, which I, I, I kind of liked. Um, I, I saw two of them live, one I saw on delay, and, and on both, all three of those, it was like, yeah, I thought it really, uh, this is a nice lead-in. You know, it kind of extends, you know, the, the road to the Great Smoke. So I thought it was a really cool idea to do it um, um, going forward. Thank you. Sir. Well, and just like the ticket thing, there's more more opportunities for, like you said, for people to be happy, which is always your goal, Abe, because, you know, I'm, in, like you said, it's an investment, especially for people who are going to be flying in hotels, all that other stuff. And then, you know, they get there and of course they want all the late, they all want all the, the, the great limited stuff that you're doing. And so that's additional funds that they're driving. It's, it's, it's an, well worth it, but it's an investment. This allows them to stretch out their budget. They can enjoy, they can make this, this can become, you know, I, I was comparing it to, I was talking offline about it with somebody and I was comparing what the great smoke is, is becoming this year. It, it's kind of like the way that the NFL takes over, you know, it, it, it's, you know, the NFL takes over the calendar year. I mean, people tune into the combine and the draft and so on. This is becoming a really nice, you know, way to really kick off the new year with this, with these lead in events and these lead in opportunities. It's a, uh, it's, it, it, you know, it's, 
it's really yeah. fantastic. And to your point, it's making a, it gets to make a lot of people happy and that's, and that's, and you get more people involved. It's just great for the community in general. Look, for, 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 for us, we saw a lot of benefits by it. We saw that um, one, like you said, we, it, it kind of builds up to the event. Two, it offered a fair play to whether you're virtual or you're live. Mm-hmm. Three, it helped us drive ticket sales earlier, which always helps us in planning because you had to have a ticket to be eligible to, to be involved in any one of these virtual events yeah. and be a store for them. So it drove ticket sales, but also, you know, one of the things last, you know, we noticed last year, and you gotta remember, I'm a consumer too. And we were seeing all these people who fought to get three, four, five, some people even got all six last year of these TGS releases and then bought some additional product too. So there was a lot of big ticket sales and we're like, man, that, that, that's a lot. Yeah. So also spreading it across three months where people might've said, oh, I would have loved to have gotten that one, but I just can't do it now. Or they were able to plan and, and, and spread it out. So if they did want to get one or two different ones, it would be easier for them to try and jam them all up in one day with one, you know, one transaction. So that was the other benefit that we thought would be great for the consumers. Yeah. I think, I think it's a, uh, it's a win-win for that. So, uh, and then there's one more, we mentioned the Henderson Ventura one is going to be the fifth one. So I think we're all looking forward to that one as well. The sleeper, the sleeper. I agree. It's the sleeper. I think the goat said the same thing to me uh, that day. So, and I think we're all in agreement. The goats Uh, are, what I'm saying, I called it the sleeper. Okay. <laughs> I'm agreeing with you guys. I'll let you guys uh this out, but uh we may have to have a signed five dollar bill bet maybe uh, between you guys. <laughs> so, the sleeper. Yeah. By the way, I'm answering Tim Chi. I'm drinking uh Belvini Caribbean cake. Yep. yep. Uh you know, Abe, so you have the you have the uh event cigars, the event only cigars. But you know, another thing that I think look, and I've been going to you i've been part of your events um and i just see so you recently do this with the advent calendar when it comes to putting together a, a package of cigars right that uh i mean you you've knocked it out of, i'm not i'm not trying to be a homer here but you've knocked it out of the park um with the cigar selection and, and it, i think it's no selection what you get at the great smoke um i mean i just have this thing for example this is last year's I've smoked all the cigars from last year, but but this case was just like incredible. Everyone got the cigars in this case last year. We're blown away. And I, I think this year is no exception. Uh, it sounds like you, you're really bringing the A game for uh, what those party packs are going to be this year. Uh, I don't know. If, is the name party in a box this year? Or is it just something different this year? Party packs. Party packs. Okay. That's what we call them. Yep. Uh, so, I mean, this is a, I mean, you're going to get 40 cigars and I'm just telling you the 40 cigars. Um, there's no duds. Uh, maybe some you'll like a lot more than others, but there's you, you're, just, you're not going to say there's any duds, and you're going to get you more than your money's worth. I can you, just tell you that. You can actually click on this image on the Great Smoke website and list the 40 cigars, though I, I will have to admit uh, there, there, there are some substitutions, but we made sure anybody who made a substitution didn't make it for any lesser of a value. Yeah. This, is, this party pack here is probably literally the most epic party pack the cigar value alone, if I, my memory serves me correctly, like $360, $70 alone. Yep. yep. Commemorative shot glass, the commemorative cutter, yep. the commemorative hat and shirt, which this year's art, in my opinion, is out of this world. <laughs> really, really came out good. Along with the, 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 the custom spray paint can torch yeah, that was made for us, epic. And the little drawstring bag and the lay. It, 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 this, is, this is hands down. The best value you'll see 
of any cigar package coming out from any company from anybody this year. In that spray can was, I mean, they actually, I remember they, they were showing that on Freestyle Live as something that Drew Estate's going to be offering this year. But if you get a TGS party pack, you're going to be the first one to get one. Of those, and it's a spray can lighter is what it is. Yes. You're going to be one of the first people to get it. I mean, and they showed it on Freestyle Live. And it's, it's amazing. I mean, is what I'll just say. Drew Estate came through big this year for us. I mean, they've been awesome. Um, in fact, the CEO was visited me today. It was great to see him. Um, Glenn? Yes, Glenn. Great guy. Great guy. Super guy. Yeah, um, I'm a big uh, fan of his. But um, they came through big. I mean, one we normally always sold our tickets on November 1st. The reason why we pushed it back to the 12th was that Freestyle Live episode was November 11th, and he didn't want us showing the can they made for us until after they showed the, the can on their Freestyle right. It's one of the reasons why I pushed it back. And they have three different activations that will be at the Great Smoke Live this year. So they're setting up big this year for the Great Smoke. And, and you know, Bear and I have seen these activations at the Barn Smokers, and I've seen it also at the um, at the uh, Great Smoke. I mean, these activation stations are, they're just, maybe you could talk a little about them because they're really unique. They're cool. They're yeah. just different ways to interact and have yeah. fun. One of the things we've always done with the Great Smoke is about experience, right? Yeah. I mean, that, that's been our driving factor. I think, well, what's helped make our events so right. popular is we really focus on how do we make this an awesome experience. Um, and, 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 and look, everybody's in to do business. It's what I do for a living. I, I make sales, but it's never been the focus. It's always been a good, positive result of us focusing on what making it a positive experience. So um, for them to come with three different activations, we, we're related. Um, they're very excited and, um, you know, we still have our 25th anniversary party to do with them. They got rescheduled from late last year. It's supposed to be in December. Uh, and I think it's going to be in, um, April this year. Um, you know, uh, so they've been fabulous in supporting yeah. projects and events and, and I think they dig it because it's their kind of stuff. They, you know, they, they do. They really do. And, and like I say, you know, these activation stations, they're not just like a table with cigars on them. Like, and there's nothing wrong with that. Right. But, you know, but they kind of it's experience is what you're going to get, whether it's acid experience. I mean, we sort there. They did like, what was it? Herrera Esteli, you know, they, it, yeah, it, the, it, the tobacco experience with uh, with the, the types of coffee. And yeah, yeah it's like it's 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 really, an experience like it's a mini it's a mini event within an event yeah packed into five minutes at an activate it's like it's yeah. it's totally unique yeah and it's yeah. done better it's not done it's not done better in the, the no it's it's uh, they, they've crazy. mastered they've totally mastered it and uh i think like i said uh i remember when i first saw them at the great smoke i'm like it was just like a wow factor for me i'm like wow and you know i remember the days where you know they really needed jd at their events like and if they didn't have a jd event you know it was kind of like they were really dependent on him now they found other ways to do that and just make it a home run for everybody so i want to just bring this up because somebody mentioned this in the, in the chat um sean miles i've heard this many times oh how are we gonna get the can on the plane so listen there's a lot of things we could solve for you some things you just gonna have to figure out on your own. We're giving you the can. You're gonna have to figure out how to get it home. Yep. Yep. Uh, there's there's there's, U, there's UPS stores. There's store. In, yeah. Or, I mean, <laughs> I would. Well, bear. We'll we'll, we'll have to figure. We'll have to figure that out. <laughs> so. Well, I already got my. I already got my plan. You're driving down, right? 
Yeah. <laughs> oh, that's like, okay. Okay, I can do Yeah, so I have to mail it. Basically, yeah. <laughs> I'll reimburse you. I'll take okay. No, you're fine. No, you don't have to tell you to reimburse. No, no, no. We'll, we'll do it. No, I figured that's what we'd do. So, um, you know, so Abe, the other thing is, um, and I love the theme concept, uh, Hawaiian theme this year, right? Um, what are some things? I mean, I guess there's some basic Hawaiian things we'll see, but uh, give us a little maybe insight into the whole Hawaiian theme we're going to see there to as much you want to share right now. So theming, theming the event was an accidental thing that happened, but the greatest thing that ever happened to the Great, the great Smoke. Um, it literally, you know, we, we always pick some kind of theme as far as printing, like the lanyards and stuff like that, whether it be like elements or earth stuff or whatever, fire, steel. And whatever he did that year, I saw it and it was a background, but it looked like a, a disco globe. Mm-hmm. And I thought disco globe for a second. And I realized, like, oh, this should be a disco globe. And that's how we first came about doing it. But it just opens the door for the production value and what you're going to do. So we announced at the end of the disco, the Can You Dig It, uh, Great Smoke, that we were going to do a Hawaiian luau, which obviously never came to be. But then I found it funny that somebody else had a virtual event where they kind of had Hawaiian themed stuff. I found it very funny, but um, so we were very happy to finally get to this. And let me tell you something. We got two volcanoes that are going to be on stage. (laughs) We got hula girls. We got fire. We we just had the inspection with the fire marshal because we got fire dancers there. We got drum players. Um, uh, This is going to be an experience. Uh, And, 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 you know, you talked about success and how we got here. For us to say here in our 16th year of doing this, that it's going to be the best one, undoubtedly, whether you're there or doing it at home virtually and the, the, the package will be, to say that after 16 years of doing it where it's still fresh, that's been the key to, to Yeah, this. I think that's important. Um, yeah, you don't want to repeat it every year, hmm. for sure. Um, I do have a great fundraising idea with the Hawaiian theme. It'll break records. Put put sock on a hula skirt. Yeah. <laughs> I got him in once. I'm not pushing it any further. <laughs> that was in, I'm I'm just my my reaction with Paul this year. Uh, because if, if anyone saw when you guys were in drag, how excited Paul got, right? <laughs> with, the, <laughs> with the commentary. <laughs> I don't know what he's gonna be like with the Hawaiian thing. <laughs> But no, Paul does a great job. I mean, Paul and Kim did a great job. Uh, you know, Paul does a great job at this. He does this. And Kim did a great job last year. So I think you got two solid people who are going to be in the field for you this year, for sure. Look, speaking of dress, there's an important question because there's a pro- there's a promo picture on the Great Smoke website. We've already mentioned him tonight, of Mr. Michael Herklotz, who is all class in the way he dresses. Is he gonna, did yeah. you Photoshop the Hawaiian shirt on him? Or did he take that picture? True story. It's- True story. So, you know, Kim Keeney is one of our co-hosts, and so is Paul DeGracco. And, you know, Kim sent us this picture of her, like, in a Hawaiian bikini or whatever, which was gorgeous. I'm like, man, I just can't put a picture of Michael Herklotz in a suit next to her. It just doesn't look right. So I literally text Michael. I'll show you a screenshot of text. Hey, you wouldn't – what are the odds that you happen to own a Hawaiian shirt? And his immediate <laughs> reply to me was – about the same odds that you'll get of me wearing one. Or oh. <laughs> he was a good sport. We actually ordered the shirt, had it delivered to his house. He put it on and took the picture with the shirt. Oh, on. nice. Okay. So that really is him. Nice. Okay. Oh, nice. What a sport. 
That's 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 hilarious. Oh man, that is I got, good. I, I saw I saw the picture. I was like, that's fucking photoshopped. <laughs> like, <just like> <laughs> you, sure. Oh, he read, no, Ward, that's fantastic. Yeah, that's but, if anyone can find Paul a Disney inspired Hawaiian shirt, that that's what you guys need. Yeah, For Paul's Hawaiian shirt was lame. Oh really? It's not a Disney one. It was weird. I couldn't even tell it was Hawaiian. If you can't tell right off the bat, it's Hawaiian. <laughs> you not a great Hawaiian shirt. Oh no, that's uh, very good, very, very good. Uh, as far as that goes. Um, so Abe, one thing I just maybe you can mention because people, you know, obviously we're in a time right now that's challenging. Um, and obviously we're in a bit of the pandemic's had its issues now down in Florida. For people who may be concerned about you know going to the in-person event, what can you do to tell them like, hey, you know, we got you, we got you covered here. You you could come here and it's gonna be great. Oh, uh, we can't say that. Okay. I mean, you can't. You really can't. I right. Mean, it, so people have to be basically be responsible and smart, basically, on that one. Be responsible. Um, you know, you, you can wear masks. It's a very wide open area. It's true. And yep. We have a very 50,000 square foot building, so it's not going to be shoulder to shoulder, you know, that you have to be. Um, there's a lot of space. But, you know, look, we've been living here in South Florida pretty much normal for a year and a half now um and i, I don't think the locals here or anybody any worry about it. there have been some people who who um asked us to ship their pack because they don't feel comfortable coming which is totally respectable and we'll do that for them right um, but it's it's, it's it look just like anything else in your life every time i get i-95 i'm no i take a chance with my life you know it's just like everything else so you know people have to weigh weigh how comfortable they feel coming there are people out there who are comfortable going and traveling and doing what they want there are people who still aren't comfortable which is another reason why we wanted to have the virtual aspect of it because if you are one of those people who aren't comfortable yet you got an option you have an option to participate from the comfort of your own home or your garage or wherever you want to be so it's just a comfort level mm -hmm. thing a personal call for anybody out there and where they stand with it that's good. I guess, and I think that's very, that's a very good point. You know, that's uh, the vir you, you just recently opened up virtual sales again, right? Are those still ongoing, or are they well, closing? The virtual tickets was look. So people have to understand we have a limited amount of product. Right. So we, when we first opened up sales, we allocated some to virtual, and then the rest for live because we have a fifty thousand square foot building we got to fill up. Um, the virtual tickets sold out real fast. I think it was like November or early December, and they were gone. Uh, the beginning of this month, we we slashed a little off of our live attendees because we felt really bad because people who wanted to get on these TGS releases couldn't do it unless they bought a virtual ticket because they weren't able to come down. So we sliced off a little more of the in-person tickets and slid them over to virtual. But I'll tell everybody right now, and I've been saying this, there will be no more because you know, the virtual ticket, the, the live tickets are going to sell out. It's getting close. So there's no more tickets for us to pull and add more virtual. So when this virtual tickets run out, whenever it happens, um, I, I got a feeling it's going to happen probably in the next week or so. Um, that'll be the end of them. I'm, I'm sorry. We just can't add any more. Um, this has been the worst year ever in 16 years, logistically, for TGS. Um, the majority of these manufacturers aren't prepared. Um, they're struggling. Um, we actually have people send, missing their deadline and sending us partial shipments so we can send out the virtual boxes at the beginning of February and try and get the rest of the cigars. It's been crazy. Worst year ever, logistically, for TGS. I can imagine that. 
I can imagine that. And, and Abe, along that those lines, again, I've been kind of following uh, the Great Smoke for a while, going to these events, and I noticed this was like probably right before the pandemic. You like I noticed for a while. Let, let me say, it seemed like you brought a lot more of the star power back to these events the last few years. So, um, you know, it was like you know a lot of times sometimes the the owner or the personality behind the company will be there, the face of the company, and some and sometimes it's rep driven. But I noticed the last few years a big push now to getting these the faces of these companies at this event. Um, talk a little about that and how challenging that's been. Well, you know, honestly, for us, Coop, it's a little bit easier because most of them are in my backyard. So it's a drive up on a Saturday morning as opposed to flying and traveling. Um, but I, I'm just going to be frank with you. It really wasn't us chasing people down. Oh, that's good. The event has just become that popular that they want to be there. You know, these manufacturers don't shy from interaction. They love the ability to interact and actually talk with the people who love their cigars. So um, it's just the power of the event and, 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 and the popularity of the event that, that they're just coming. They're flying in if they're out of state, but most of them are in my backyard. And for most of these guys, they're coming and having a fun day. Yeah, they are. Manufacturers tell me this is, well, I probably shouldn't say this, but they really tell me this is my favorite event we ever do. Right. Yeah. Cause they're, they're having a good time. So yeah. it really hasn't been, that hasn't been much of a challenge for us. Um, thank God, you know, they're, they're happy to be here. They're happy to be involved. And, um, you know, we're happy to have them. We love having them all here. Yeah. And you know, one thing that's really, I think cool about the great smoke, um, is everyone gets a ticket book that comes in and the tickets you go around to the manufacturers. Is that still going to be the case this year? Yeah. I mean, so you get in Iraq, you get the interaction that way. Look, one of, in my opinion, the cool things of this, this experience is actually walking around that yeah. before the manufacturer building, because now it's all under one building this right. year. Um, and, and having that interaction and time to see them all and the collection of, of, of your cigars, I, I think it's kind of cool. It's almost like adult trick-or-treating. Yeah. <laughs> it, really, it really is cool. So yeah. if, if you're virtual, you'll get your package mailed to you and they'll, they'll start mailing uh, going out the first week of February. Um, we hope. But that's the plan so far. Um, the, um, the people coming that day will get all their goodies when they come in and check in, except their cigars. The cigars, they take their coupon book, and there's 40 coupons in the book, and there's 40 booze, and they rip one out, and they hand it to each booth. The manufacturer collects it, and they hand them their cigar, and they put it in their little collection bag. You know, uh, I'll give everyone a pro tip. Okay, this is a pro tip if you're not VIP. You don't have to get your cigar like the second you walk, all the cigars the second you walk in because there's a line. You could do it like at 3 o'clock when it's a little less crowded. And actually, you'll be surprised you'll get some better interaction with that. That's so pro tip. So, so, so listen, there's a couple things, right? Yeah. Oh, so the VIPs do get an hour. Get an right. Hour. They get an hour. Oh, yeah. They, they get a little better access. But yeah, everybody floods directly there as if they're going to run out of cigars. They don't run out of cigars. And they'll give you all the they'll give you all the stuff if it's not that. Trust me. My my advice to you is enjoy yourself. You know, enjoy the moment, enjoy what's going on. Yeah. Go out there, and, and 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 you know you don't have to rush and fight it. I mean, it's it's really crazy because um everybody rushes to get it done and out of the way, and it, 
They think it's something that's the first thing you got to do. That's a great pro tip. Yep. I mean, trust me, you'll get some really good interaction that way. Um, so, cause I, I actually have, uh, I actually have done that a couple of times and it's great. It's great. Um, and you know, just, there's so much other stuff going on at this event that you can enjoy. You're not going to be bored or twiddling your thumbs in, in the, while you're doing that. But, uh, you know, maybe go get one, one cigar, you know, go get t- 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 a cigar you want and kind of go wander around the event and get something to eat, go see some of the other uh, things going on. Cause I think you'll be very, very pleased with that. I know, I know, like I said, I, it, it's a lot of fun to do that. And they're there all day, these guys. So, uh, putting the work at three o'clock, you know, <laughs> look, there's yeah. going to be volcanoes and fire dancers. Yeah, look. exactly. Be shorter on entertainment yeah. here. Exactly. Exactly. So, uh, really good. Here, like I said, we got three interactions from Drew Estate, three, uh, uh, activations from Drew Estate. We have Spearmint Rhino coming back. Um, we, for the last couple of years, we did a cash machine. Oh, that's fun. That is fun, the Spirit Rhino cash machine. It's a Plinko board this year. Oh, okay. You know, we like to change things up, right? We right. don't like to do something same over and over. So it's a Plinko yeah. board this year. Um, we have multiple, a lot of vendors who come out with cool wares. So you can stop by and visit some of the yep. people who aren't cigar manufacturers who are selling stuff and interact with them. And, of course, we have the tasting and libation station, the food stations. We got barbers that are going to be there. Massage people are going to be there. I mean, there's plenty to do. Yes, I can tell you that. Uh, and then you, like, one thing I think that kind of gets forgotten about is that that TGS mobile store you have set up, uh, which is basically there's, there's plenty of selection for you to get cigars and deals. So you'll, you'll have no shortage of that. I'll tell you that at that we, store. We call that the pit. So we call that the pit. So typically how we've done these events is that we only would bring to the pit the cigar that was featured right but virtual stuff kind of changed all that this year um so what we do have is we're actually making which i probably won't go home tonight because i was working on this up until this event and 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 it's got to go to print like tomorrow but we're actually printing ah this stupid virtual bag this year will be the first year ever that there'll be a great smoke catalog so, oh wow! Good job, Abe. Okay. Yeah. So everybody, everybody, everybody who will get their virtual packs will have the opportunity to flip through the catalog, see all the promotions, the special uh, price. This is what you were talking about when you were on the show a few weeks ago. <laughs> see, yeah, the companies are offering any cool swag. Yeah. So the virtual people will get the catalog first. The people who come the event day will get it, get it handed to them with their event package, but they'll also be spread out throughout the whole area. Yeah. The things we waste so much time with in the pit is people saying, well, what's the price today? What's the price today? Yeah. Well, now they got them. Yeah. While they can scroll through their catalog, see what they... So by the time they actually make it to the pit, they can know what they want, know what their price is and what they're saving yeah. and what swag they're getting and all that stuff. So I'll actually be here working through the night. I'll be here all night. Oh, finishing, wow. Finishing oh. this. Because I made my first great smoke faux pas this year, Right. In my head, I'm thinking, oh, the event's the 26th. I got time. It's a four-day turnaround time. But I forgot. I need 700 of these to put in the virtual packages that we go out. So we got to finish this, like, tomorrow. Oh, boy. Oh, boy. All the right. Ways of doing so, it. So, no. so I, Abe, I did have a question. So I wanted to, again, you know, kind of to my point, my, my question earlier about going back and, and seeing where you were, you know, when it, when it all started. 
So to, you know, uh, Coop mentioned the star power. And like you said, you know, for a lot of these folks, it's a, it's a nice little, it's a nice little drive on the weekend to come up and be a part of this and everything. And there's other people that are flying in and, and everything like that. I, I outside of the great smoke, I kind of was, I, this was a question I've always wanted to ask you, you know, cause at one point you were the new kid on the block. I know it's been a, you know, it's been a while now, but you've built up amazing relationships with icons in this industry and, and, uh, big the small you know every, you know you've got a relationship with a lot of different you've given a lot of love to boutiques and, and to the big manufacturers and everything go back to the beginning who and i'm not looking for like any inside dope i'm not looking for you to talk trash but i mean who was the hardest person if we're talking about star power that you had that to, to that you needed to build a relationship with that took that long look took the longest for there to be trust on both sides uh knowing that how you know get you know to get the best out of both of y'all what who was that person that took the longest to build that that trustful relationship with i don't think it took long with anybody to be honest with you okay i mean look this, this is a small industry you know there's there's very few i mean i don't want to say a bad word but there's very few unlikable people in this industry you know no that's true no so so i say it all the time yeah so look, I, I was very blessed. I was very, very blessed in that my mentor, Sal Fontana, early, early in my career, like when I just started, literally like hand walked me to everybody at my first trade show and introduced me to everybody. So I got to meet people early on, but you know, you know, proof's in the pudding. You know, when you interact with, you know, you know look, it comes down to do First off, are they impressed in how you do business? Yes. Okay. So that creates some level of respect. But when you have the execution, yours coming through and and performing, one of the coolest things was, you know, I think Jonathan Drew had said it during one of our virtual events was, um, or maybe he said it just during one of our Zoom meeting calls. But the way we had done their their virtual events, he he loved it. He's like, man, these guys got it down. They made packs. They made samplers. Where so. You know, a lot of it's just execution over time. You build trust, but it's a small industry, man. We're all really close. I just had a 50th birthday party and, you know, half the industry just showed up just, you know, to say, hey, happy birthday. So it's a close industry. I, I didn't I didn't really have to work that hard um, to, to get to know people. Um, luckily, like I said, Sal Fontana introduced me to people and, you know, I don't know, it's my personality, their personality, but if you're like-minded people, you get along really quick. I mean, I never forget Sal introduced me to Lou Rothman. And of course, you know, Lou probably gets introduced to hundreds of people. But I, one time we were talking after the trade show, he goes, oh, you're Sal's friend. And he remembered who I was. And then he ended up moving to Florida. And we ended up becoming very close friends. Um, and he's been another mentor of mine. Um, an amazing man to do a talk and, and knock and bounce ideas off of. Um but it's just one of those things, man. I just, part of it's being blessed, knowing the right people. But, you know, when a guy like Sal Fontana, who had the reputation, he just walks up to people and says, this is my friend. That's kind of been a plus for me. So I've been kind of blessed in that department. I never really had to work to, to, to build a relationship with really anybody. It's just been an organic development of, I mean, I guess like how you'd make friends with anybody, you know, but it wasn't like I had to go out of my way or try to impress people or, you know, harp on people. No, it's just, it was just organic, just like the way you'd make friends in real life. That's that's awesome. That's awesome. 
Um, and like I said, it's, it's a good thing. It's a, like I said, I'm good for person. you. Uh, you've done it very well. I mean, I'm a very approachable person. People think I'm not approachable, but Cooper tell you, I mean, I mean, I'm, I'm a very approachable very, person. No, I, I, I'll, I mean, I'll agree on that. So for I mean, sure. My, stat- my stature when you see me may be intimidating, but, you know, once you start talking, I'm extremely approachable. And, and I just think like with our consumer base, you know, people like people are shocked. Like I called somebody tonight on a customer service call. Right. Because it was a very convoluted situation. And he was sending an email. My, my guys didn't know how to interpret it. I said, I'll handle it. I called him. He was like blown away. I called him. I want to solve your problem. No one can understand your email. You know, and like he was like blown away. But yeah, I don't mind that. You know, it's, I'd rather be, have a happy consumer than than. Oh, I can't call somebody on a customer service call. It's ridiculous. Oh, I can attest to that. So I, I speaking of long emails, I sent Coop a long message. This was several, you know, a couple of years back. Basically asking for advice, aka wanting some help, uh, to ask the one Abe Dababna to be a guest on my show. And I was looking for advice. He's like, just ask him, he'll do it. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, honestly, it's simple. You gotta ask. I've learned that too. You, like I've learned that too. Like especially during the pandemic when we really pulled some big guests, we just asked, you know, and, and we got them, and we were, we were honored that everyone gave us that time at night and everything. So so yeah, that's uh, you, you said. Hey, people are really good on stuff like that in the cigar industry. Um, at the end of the day, is we're all just human beings. Yeah, we're no different. I mean, just you, ask. I mean, say no. But, but people also forget that we're human beings. Yeah. So when you're messaging me about your customer service shit at like 1130 at night and there's nothing I could do and it's not like diet call the guys in the morning man I got a team of people who could answer for you but I mean we're human beings at the end of the day you know yeah. I mean yeah I don't know why I don't know why well I, I think that's probably another reason why bear is maybe I've had a good relationship with because I don't look at anybody else like there's another person mm-hmm. you know I mean obviously yeah. there's seeds that you respect and traditions and what people build but they're human beings just like i am at the end of the day and i treat them as such and i think that just makes things easy when you feel awkward and you feel like oh my god it's somebody you know you know billy joel uh mayor giuliani kid rock these guys frequent my stores man um i treat them like a dude you know yeah. hey what's up and, and, and i think that just it, it makes it normal i yeah. think it makes it easy billy joel's one of your customers oh yeah Regular. Oh man, yeah. Oh yeah. In fact, he was super kind enough to autograph albums for us that we gave away at the Great Smoke. I man, believe he's an Ashton smoker. I want to say that AJ told me. I believe he likes his he, Ashton. Four brands that he regularly smokes. Uh huh. But he's an avid bike rider. He comes on the bike when he's not. You know, he when he doesn't have his tours concert. Actually, gifted AJ and myself a couple of tickets. We took our wives. We went down. We saw an awesome show. But he's a down to earth, good guy and a cigar smoker. Yeah. No, it's great, Abe. So we Bear and I have a segment that we kind of do from time to time. Um, and it's kind of become a little bit of a signature of this Tuesday show. Because we do it periodically, um, but we're going to do a little condensed version of it tonight. It's called our Mount Rushmore segment, and um, what we do is we pick four entities to be on Mount Rushmore. But in this case, what I and this is kind of what I was I wanted you to kind of look think about this because I gave you a little heads up. Four great smoke moments that you would put on the Great Smoke Mount Rushmore. 
I think we already know one. I think we already know. Uh, I know. I knew that was going to be on that, by the way, because I knew from Saturday. That's why. And who folks who didn't see Saturday, they'll see it in a second. You're talking 16 years. Yeah. And you got before you only could before. Yeah. So let me let me start with probably the number one of all time is the Pete Hernandez. The so, Pete- you know, incorporate something different. We have dunk tanks, bull rides, cash machines. You know, it's just something little that we can add every year that keeps the experience different. So one year we bought in this mechanical bull. And we had a chalkboard, and whoever stayed on the longest by the end of the event won some prize. I can't remember what it was. So Pete Hernandez, in a drunken stupor, attempts to get on this bull. Now, before you play this, I just got to preempt something. Okay. It's very funny. All right. It took them a while to get on, on the bull. And obviously, he falls off before they can even start it. But what I want to focus on is the old man who, when he, they get him on the bull and he falls off, you know, obviously a guy who falls off and they get a bull ride, his intention will be like, all right, let me get back on and try again. This guy, in a preemptive measure, starts making the crowd applaud to put an end to this whole scenario. And for me, it's the funniest moment of this whole clip. So go ahead, you can play this. There we go. So there he is. <laughs> we made a little sports card for him. So it's not easy. It's high up and you're on this inflatable thing barefoot. So he tries mm-hmm. a couple bounces to get on there, you know, not so easy. <laughs> Can't get on, right? So now the guy says, "All right, let's help you get on." Poor guys. One guy is sixty-five years old. The other guy weighs about one hundred and twenty pounds. They're okay. not having a time getting him up on this bull. It's a project. The old man's trying to keep the bull from moving. This other guy's probably trying to hoist him up. So here it is. They they get him up there. He's managing, and they give him a pat on the back. And there you go. <laughs> you can't get better call commentary. Than that. <laughs> Instant replay. Instant replay. <laughs> Watch comes off. He finally gets him on before the ball can- goes flying. There he goes. And my favorite part is this old man who starts clapping at the end. It's hilarious. Give him a round of applause. You're yeah. out of here. That was that was epic, Gabe. I mean, I agree. I I was there. <laughs> I watched that in person. That was so, at the uh, German club, I believe, that year when that one happened. That was, was the bull making a comeback this year? That's a luau, so probably not. I guess no bull ride this year. Maybe we do a western western theme. We already have the theme set for twenty twenty three, so that's already in the in the book okay. done in. We already know we're working, but we ever come back and do a western, which is always on the table. There you go. The bull- Come back. Get, so I get, don't think we, I don't think we could pay Pete Hernandez money to get on a bull again. Get soccer. No, we just we just see see if we can get John Travolta to come down and like you know relive his urban cowboy. Yeah, days. that uh, would be hard. All right. So we um, so got one. You got one on Mount Rushmore. That one. That one was. That one was easy. Um. So, epic moments as far as consumers are for me personally. It could be either one. That you just it's interpretation up to your interpretation. Up to your interpretation, yeah. yeah. So me personally, obviously, would be just the first one in itself. The putting it together in literally three months. And you gotta remember back then I probably had a staff of six people, no graphic people. I did everything myself and did it in like literally three months and to have organized this and put it together and how we pulled it off. And I'll never forget, and especially when it didn't rain, 
when all was said and done, it was about 5 p.m. I think it maybe 6.30, my wife was driving me home. I remember looking at him like, man, can you just believe we pulled that off? I was in awe. I was in utter awe we had pulled it off. Um, kind of the same experience I had at the end of the digital experience. So that that that's two. Um, the digital experience in its whole, I mean, there were so many moments that day. Um, whether it be uh, her clots on the couch and we covered them with a coat or whatever. I think just the digital experience itself mm -hmm. was by far a, a, just an epic historic moment for the great smoke, for our company, for the whole industry as a whole, for cigar events as a whole. So that without a doubt is one. And, and anybody who hasn't seen it, if you got time to kill the full length video, you can go to the great smoke website and it's at the top. There's a link for the full video from last year seven and a half hours but when i was told nobody felt like it was that long it flew by for it flew it flew i've already watched it twice and since then so it was i gave it a rewatch it was so, that good so it was fun the carlito was a very touching moment and the banter with him and steam stock and stealing yep. the squad it was just crazy fun it was a <laughs> yep. fun yep. episode and uh, my daughter my daughter being up on stage obviously moved me sure with my grandfather, my, my father, her grandfather, who didn't know she, he, she was even performing. It was a surprise. Um, that, without, without a doubt, was a moment. And I, like I said, I never forget because we had makeup lady there all day because you had to put makeup on for the broadcast. So they had her slotted to do picture makeup, and I really didn't know what she was wearing or whatever. And I remember, so we're in the studio. There's only 50 live people in the studio because we wanted to have a live audience feel. And I was shocked when I tell you shocked that people flew in from around the country for not even like a real event, just to sit in the studio and be part of it was amazing and a testament to the event. Um, but, you know, it was probably about two hours, two hours plus when my daughter finally made the stage. And you gotta remember like an hour and a half or 45 hour, two hours in, you've seen everybody in there. And I'll never forget, I saw this woman walk in and everybody's crowding around her. I'm like, and I'm saying to myself, who did my people just let into this event that wasn't here two hours ago? You know, no one, no one should be walking in right now. I didn't even realize it was my daughter. It made her look so old and, and, and she was gorgeous and stunning. So for me, that's definitely, you know, whether you want the whole digital experience, but that was definitely a moment that I'll never forget. It, it was beautiful. I think everyone and the performance uh, that, that her and Alan did were, was incredible. I mean, it was incredible. I mean, it was just something uh, we were all touched by it. And I could just imagine what you felt like that day. Yeah, super. Yeah. They'd come over to my house like literally two or three or four nights a week, the two weeks prior to rehearse with my daughter. Yep. yep. And honestly, Alan is very versed in the music world. He was a roadie and played in yep. bands with Johnny Depp. When he's telling me how talented my daughter is, and how like she's yeah. really leading and, and running how they're putting it together was a very proud moment for me as a father yeah yeah no i mean i i, I you know they've grown up so fast too that's what's amazing uh because i've known you i remember when they were i remember when you had two kids actually so fast yeah yeah i no, do so. is uber 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 excited um she is wanting to work on something very special for the great smoke um it's just a matter of time whether she can get it done because this year she goes from middle school to high school. So she has to audition because she, she goes to a school of the arts for music. 
So she has to audition and her audition is the end of this month or coming yeah. up next week, I think next week. Yeah. She can get into the high school. So she's been working on that very, very hard, but she has an idea of what she wants to do for the Great Smoke this year and a Hawaiian theme. So I'm hoping she could put it together and be ready and we, we pull that off. Yeah. I think very cool. So now is that three or three. four? You had three. You had three. Two more? One more. One more? One more. Okay, one more. I got one more. So let's see. I think a very memorable, I think it was our 15th anniversary. Um, we gave away a brand new Camaro. Oh, yeah. I forgot about that one. It was a super cool moment. Um, and what was cool was one of my dear friends and a guy who had been sponsor of the Great Smoke for, I think, the three or four years prior to the digital experience when we didn't have a live event, um, Robert Zimmerman, Bobby Zimmerman, um, his law firm has been a sponsor of the Great Smoke. Yep. Um, he had a wedding that year. He actually had gotten married again. And he had bought, you had to buy, I think we made like 300 of these special boxes. And you, so you had a one in 300 chance of winning this Camaro. And I think he had a wedding. He had a wedding. So I think he bought like 15 of these boxes. I mean, it was like a $350 box. He bought 15 because he put them all throughout the wedding area. And um, he was joking about, you know, man, if I bought 15 boxes, I didn't win. And sure enough, he won. And, and, and yeah, remember when we do these giveaways, one of the most important things for me has always been transparency, right? Whether it's anything we do, it has to be clear that, everything's on the up and lo- up and legit we're giving away a car bro yeah you, you can't be like there's no question about how it's done so you know one of the cool things that we had thought about i think i stole this from general um when they used to give away cars at the trade show but like we we everybody who bought a box had a medallion numbered so in front of everybody we roll this big drum and we pull out numbers randomly so if your number came up um if your number came up you had to come to a jar and then pick one out of 10 random keys out of a jar. There's no way to control what ball came out of the... Right, right. Smart move, yeah. Even when that came up, you had to go pick up one out of 10 random keys. You don't know which key was the right key. So, you know, um, for him to have actually ended up winning it and his son drove it around was super cool. That was super cool. We were going crazy when he won it. Couldn't believe it. So, because after the 10 people have keys and everybody takes a turn to see which key unlocks the car, but we'd offer them cash money for their keys to buy them back. And they, it was a kind of a deal or no deal situation then, but it's a fun way we had given it away. But yeah, one of my dear friends, son, he actually, out of the 15 boxes, he had two, two keys. Right. His number got called twice and he took a key and his son took a key and his son actually ended up unlocking the car and winning it. So it was crazy. That's awesome. That's good. You, so I'll give you my four real quick because we had two of the four in common, but I think you'll like these other two moments too. So um, Peter Hernandez and the digital experience were two. Uh, the third was Lady M in the dunk tank. Is that that's when Matt Booth pissed on her? Well, that okay. I'm gonna say before it was good before Matt Booth kind of got involved. With <laughs> yeah, I don't know. I wasn't specifically mo- that moment, but it was a lot of fun leading up to that. Is what I'll say. Yeah. Honorable mention was the body painting year. That's a good one. I forgot about that one. But they find me where Lady M. What happened was we had hired models to get during the after party. We hired models to get body painting, and all of a sudden, Lady M. and a bunch of other girls that worked around us and us were getting body painted. So all of a sudden, all these and then and then consumers started getting body painted. Everybody was walking around half naked. It was like okay, <laughs> yeah, no, that was a good one. And, and the fourth one, Abe, you mentioned this one. Uh, it was when you got that award. Um, uh, obviously from the cancer. Uh. 
you know, for, for the kids of cancer, because I mean, that was just a moment where, you know, we're always getting beat on in this industry and for them to kind of present you with that award. I thought it was, it was, it was, you know, it was a really touching moment. I know it was for you. And a lot of us felt the same way. It's on my shelf behind my desk. Yeah. Security. Yep. Yeah. This is for like, when we get beat up all the time, there's no, the, the, the this industry is great when it comes to charity is bear. Bear can tell you that as well. So, um, you know, one of the things was the great smoke has been involved in charity since year one. Yeah. A lot of people don't know it, you know, um, because it's not something that like, you know, we, we don't want to abuse my philosophy, right, right, wrong, and different. I mean, we raise a lot of money for them. They've always been extremely right. gracious and happy about it, but right, wrong, and different is I, I don't like the position of using a charity as a motivator. The charity shouldn't be a motivator. Right. You know, the event, in my opinion, should stand in its own, in its merits of, of somewhere where you want to be, where you feel like you need to be. And the fact that we raise money and, and contribute and, to good causes over over the last decade and a half plus it's just an ancillary benefit for me so uh, you know yep. we're, that part of it no that was good and then my honorable mention is doing the kma show when team sweden was walking in <laughs> and we we're like i don't think you were at the at the table at that time we're all getting distracted by team sweden walking in <laughs> That's funny lady m and the swedish volleyball team it was uh, <laughs> we're like we're trying to keep focused on that game <laughs> So for those listening and don't know Team Sweden, I just got to give this problem. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Good, good to that one. I think I discovered this until 20, 2020. Um, maybe it was 2019, but maybe it was 2020. Because, you know, what Team Sweden was, you know, we hire a lot of external people to help us event day. Probably about 50 people right. outside of one team. There's a lot going on. And part of it is the VIP section always had girls that would serve them. So they wanted a cocktail or tasting or food. The girls would run. It's got a little perk of having a VIP. And Emily, who worked for me for eight years, was Lady M on KMA Radio. We're still dear friends. We talk to each other at least once every week or so, a couple of weeks. Um, she recruited girls from her soccer team because she went to Northwood at the time. Northwood University was called. And Emily was a soccer player. And for whatever reason, Northwood University in West Palm Beach has this enormous number of students that come from Sweden. So Emily would recruit these girls from the, the, the campus that would come work the event day for us. And the girls loved it. They were great. And we called them Team Sweden. What I didn't realize is after Emily had left for many years, these girls were still coming. Yeah, that's true. I, they, that's true. I think the year we I was talking about, Emily had already had her first child. I, so I, I don't think she was there. Like she was there. She was there, but she, you know, she wasn't working for you full time at that point. No, she wasn't working for me at all. Yeah, full time to had a baby and left and, and yeah. Getting up. So what I did, I never really stopped to question how are all these girls still coming? Who's organizing it? So when I found out the story, I thought it was one of the coolest stories. Yeah. Ever. What they did was there's a girl that's a senior that's in charge. And she's our contact person. And when we reach out to her, she recruits all the Swedes, but they do it based on seniority. So seniors get to go first, then juniors, you know, like if we need like 20 girls, she'll see who, what seniors want to go first, then juniors and sophomores. And some girls don't make the cut. But when that girl graduates, she passes on the mantle to the next girl. 
And the next senior becomes our contact person for the following year. And this has been going on for like 16 years. Wow. That's incredible. Yeah. Super cool story. That is good. I did not know that. Good. That's good. That's you really good. Polishing my thing now because when I pulled it down, it was uh, stained. So I'm literally polishing it. Now. That's okay. All right. Um, Bear, do we have any TGS stuff before we kind of get to the quick hits and one must go with Abe? No, I, those are all my questions. So okay. Sure. So Abe, two quick hit questions. And then we have one more segment for you called one must go. Um, so Abe, just, uh, you know, you're a retailer. Um, cigar aficionado names uh, Padron 1964 anniversary torpedo number one cigar. What are your thoughts on that as a retailer? Is you know get that particular cigar? Um, we kind of talked about this on KMA. Look, if you look at families who've produced a, a plethora of top rated cigars, I mean, not just a cigar aficionado across any platform, it's the Padron family. So there's nothing that doesn't say that cigar doesn't merit a number one. Um, I've seen a lot of people say, oh, I prefer the Maduro over the natural. I mean, look, I like them both. Mm-hmm. Do I enjoy Maduro probably more often than I will smoke a natural? Probably. Mm-hmm. But there's no one's ever going to offer me a natural Padron 1964. I'm going to say, oh, no, God, no, I'm going to be happy as a pig and shit. So um, I, I just, you know, one of the things I specialized or I don't know, specialize the word, but one of the things I emphasize and make sure when we did KMA radio, I never wanted to get into reviewing cigars or talking about cigars. Right. Um, it just wasn't something I was uh, interested in, nor our forte, um, because it's hard. It's really hard, man. It's hard to do it on that format, too, is what I'll say. Because it's, it's it, you know, it's a, it, I call KMA morning radio, and it really is. Yeah, I know, but I, I just think it's hard in general because it is. No, it's definitely hard. Everybody has different stipulations. I mean, I, I watched your show the other day with um, Matt Tobacco, you know, and his standards were different from your standards. Yep. And it's hard. So yep. once again, like you can't take anything from what Padron does, but I believe like the Oscars and like everything else, these types of awards should be, should be given to cigars that come out during that year. You know, um, when you start incorporating any cigar, then I think it's a whole different list. Yeah. You know, I have a little bit of a different view, but I think the way they should do it is to have best new cigar and then best performing cigar of the year and do it that way. That's how I would do it. If I was them. I heard you say that during your show. Yeah. You know, it's funny because when I watch your show, I'm like yelling at you like all the time. (laughs) (laughs) I'm like, cop. But but here's the thing. So, Mm -hmm. Cigar, from what I understand, you can correct me. Right. Cigar aficionados is not about best performing. They do blind tasting, so it's strictly based on taste. They're judging a cigar. Any knowledge? Well, fair point. That's a fair point. Yeah. So I agree. If you wanted to do a, a performance based rating, that works. But you know, you were defending cigar aficionado because you were talking about performance. They're their list supposedly isn't based on where the guy smoking it has any idea what they're smoking or performance mm-hmm. that doesn't come into play. So that's why their list for me, let's just put it this way. It's probably my least one I can understand out of all the different people and their different criteria and why they make their lists. So I'll, I'll mention this. Okay. Um, in the last 24 hours, 
Um, my colleague, Alan Loomis, and his brand, Developing Palettes, named Red Meat Lovers the number two cigar of the year. He's a very and I've always said it about Aaron. What was that? I said, Aaron's a very smart man. I've always said hey, that. Listen, I'm, I'm not <laughs> kidding you when I say this, and, and I know people will probably say half wheel, and I'll certainly say they're tough reviewers. Those guys are the toughest reviewers out there. They hate almost everything, these guys. So for you to get number two, so that's a soccer and, and you and to get a number two cigar from and, and Barry, you, you know where I'm coming from. That's a big deal for that. So, yeah, we uh, we uh, we so it was a good job. I just want to mention that uh, it was the meat box press. That's funny. I like the original one better, but certainly they're you know, that's what's great about it is you can um, you could compare and contrast these different versions and make your own opinion. But, yeah, it was a it was a big one for that. I'm going to tell you something, Aaron. Um, Aaron's kind of like in the past, some of our other microbuds always kind of rated us a little bit hard. So I was, when Aaron came out with that, I was like, wow. <laughs> they didn't really, but yeah, me, that's a, me too. So I felt the same. Yeah. So for me, um, you know, it kind of just sounds like I'm tooting my own horn, but for me, it's just the facts of the situation. I really think the Red Meat Lovers Club is the most dominant store release cigar out there. Um, Oh, yeah, it is. I'm going to tell you, even from the metrics I do on Coop, it was shop exclusives don't do well in the metrics. That one was one that did very well in the metrics last year. Four years. Now, we did a pre-sale, unprecedented, sold, I think, like 1,800 pre-sale. And then we ordered, we ordered, I think, 2,100 to have extra. And I think they're almost all gone now. Um, I don't think you can say that about any single store release. I mean, I know what Steve made for JR and whatever. And those guys are like... The difference between us and JR is like literally like the minor, 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 peewee and major leagues, not even minor. I yeah. Mean, so when you talk about reach and client base, so um, yeah, I'm very proud of that cigar. I mean, uh, a cigar like just happened in the moment. We had Evan, you know, uh, Steve in the studio. I looked at each other and said, guys, why don't we do this? And Steve loved the idea. Evan, of course, loved it. But like Evan's got to be, yeah. Yeah, but Steve really ran with it. He and did, yeah, he did. He really took it seriously, too. You could see that from how he was talking about it leading up to the release. Listen, you could tell he was serious because when he talked about the first release, he said, ah, I would have liked to make some changes on it. Yeah. I heard him yes, at the launch, but I'm like, are you crazy? But he did. And I think, for me, the, the meat box press is my favorite. I love it. I think it's. I, I think it brought out more of the cigar than the original round release. And the, I, I liked a little bit of the smaller ring gauge. Um, but... Um, you know, Steve and I are really working to make that brand something and thrive because it has legs. It has. It, legs. it does. It, it does. It's a it's a signature release for sure. And then you, I guess, you know, we haven't mentioned this, but, you know, he's doing the uh, the pre-event dinner and he's going to be unveiling this. I guess this meat stick, uh, which I guess is, I don't know if it's an offshoot of it or whatever, but there's some meat stick they have uh, with this. Yeah, I think they're calling it beef stick. And I got to be honest with you, you know. I love Evan Darnell. He's like a brother, but man, he'd be texting me ideas 24 hours a day. Yeah. Some off the wall crazy. I just, I don't even answer. I just ignore him. <laughs> he starts saying, yeah. I didn't even reply to it. So <laughs> I actually went straight to Steve Saka with the idea. Next thing I know, Steve Saka is making a limited edition beef stick that everybody at the Great Smoke Dinner will have the opportunity to get. So, um, you know, it's just, that's the way this industry is. But yep. uh, I haven't seen it. Don't know anything about it. <laughs> I'll probably be seeing it literally when he brings them that night or ships them before. That'll be the first time I'll see it. Awesome. 
All right. Uh, one one more question, and we'll get to the one must go. So, Abe, just uh, again looking at your year the last year, what's a brand that really stood out for you last year, like kind of at a retail standpoint? That like you know, hey, this brand, whether it's an existing brand or a new brand, that really kind of stood out in the last twelve months for you. Oh, those questions, man. You have to understand, man. My life's a whirlwind when it comes to blends. I can't remember brands. I can't. <laughs> it could even be what you smoked personally. I'm not like, yeah, if that's if that's easier. I mean, not to pick something that we were involved with, because obviously those are the easiest ones for me to say that stood out. Um, uh, man, I know I'm going to end up missing something or forgetting something or on this one. Um, you know, there's a couple that come to mind quickly. I just don't want to cop out because it was a long year for us. Sure. Uh, last year. Um so, okay, so here's a couple. First off, finding ADV and working with ADV was uh, fine for us last year. Yeah, I think, you, I think it was great to see you guys do that, yeah. Another one was El Artista. Um, Rampart, yeah. great products. Buffalo 10, I, I said on KMA. We were all in love with that at the trade show. Oh, all of God, us at the so compound, yeah. yeah. I bought it in, and I and I said this, I said this on KMA, I think Buffalo 10 should be to his company what Edge was for Rocky Patel. Agree. I think it was the best yeah. fight out. You could buy out there. We, we sell them like hotcakes after we bought them in. And I don't think I've seen one person who has either posted on social media, they got them from us or have tried it, who didn't say, this is great. Even so, Aaron, that, even Aaron liked it. Yeah. that's Even Aaron liked it. And it was on his, it was on the list. Yep. That says a lot for me. Yep. For, for a brand. Yep. 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 All right. 1935. And great cigar. That was made by Aaron I's list as well. When Raphael Nodal sent us a box for KMA when it first came out, I literally said on that KMA episode, you can go back and look. I said, "Wow, I am stunned." This is we were too. We he did the same yeah. with us. Bear and I did the same thing with him, and we had the same reaction too. Fantastic cigar. I called it out in the air. I'm like, I, 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 this is this is. I think I think when people try this, they will be shocked at the, 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 what the cigar offers as far as flavor, complexity, and, and just an experience all yeah. the way through. And sure enough, it ends up being what number two is cigar of the year. Yep. Yep. Yeah, cigar of the year. Yep. So um, those are a couple of things that stand yeah, out. I, I think, yeah, those are good ones. I mean, and, and that's just regular production stuff. There's always hot stuff like the, the T110 drops and, and stuff like that. But, and that's always exciting. But I'm just talking about stuff that really kind of like, whoa, look at that. Shocking. Yep. Those were three, I think, in my mind that come the quickest that really stood out. Nice. All right. So one last segment for your segment here. Um, and it's our One Must Go segment sponsored by United Cigars. United We Smoke, but One Must Go brought to you by United Cigars featuring La Diana Havana and distributors of Jose Dominguez, Bandolero, Garofalo, and the highly acclaimed Data Bay and Byron. Buy United, Smoke United, Live United. So, Abe, I'm going to give you three things, and these are not TGS related at all. It's not cigar related at all tonight, right? Just kind of end this on a, on a lighter note here. Um, and you're a Chicago guy, okay? Right? You were born and bred in Chicago, right? You're from Chicago. i tell you something just to preempt that, right? So for many, 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 many years after I moved here, um, I've been now in Florida for 12, 25 years, almost a quarter century. I, I, I always considered myself still a Chicago boy. Mm-hmm. Um, I think in the last five years now yeah five maybe six seven years but i I really now consider myself a floridian okay i think it's fair from chicago my home 
But man, there's so much messed up sh- stuff going on in Chicago right now. It's really hard to be proud of that town. My family all still lives there. It's the stuff that they're going through, man. A lot of my relatives are looking to move out of there. Yeah. It's just hard to say, man, that 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 that's where I grew up because I don't even recognize it from the stories I've been hearing. It's a shame because I used to go to Chicago once a month in my job. And I always love the city. They have great traditions there. Um, so I, I, I kind of understand. I'm seeing that with New York, which is my hometown. Similar things have happened. But I think New York's going to turn. I really think New York's going to turn the corner in the next couple of years. I think there's some signs, which is gonna be good. I they turn the corner, Coop. Well, I think if they fix the crime problem, and I think that's going to be that's the first thing they got to fix right now. I think there's other, then they can work on the other problem. But the crime problem, I believe, will be fixed. I'm, I'm hoping. Mile. It's it's done. There's no more Miracle Mile. Yeah. Um, uh, the suburbs. No, I never felt unsafe walking around Chicago. Anywhere downtown suburbs, you cannot even in the fringe suburbs out. There are carjackings. That's the same. It's it's insane. No one is safe anywhere. Anywhere. It, it's 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 uh, the stories I hear really really break my heart about what's going on over there. That's a shame. But Chicago is famous for its cuisine. Okay, yep. there's great cuisine in Chicago. A lot of it's right here. Yep, I know. I mean, you got me. You remember the place you kind of got me onto was a Fat Lou's? Oh, that was my cousin's place at the time. Yeah, yeah. I remember when I went down, you said, yeah, I go to Fat Lou's. It was incredible. Um, but I have three Chicago staples. And of these three, one basically is going to go off the table for you. Like, you can do it out. And okay. this may be easier than, than I don't know, because I don't know what all your preferences are. But here are the three items. So the first one is I'm, I'm saying these are gen, these are the genuine ones. OK, the first is a genuine, authentic, deep dish Chicago pizza. And I think you, you know the, what I'm talking about with that. The second is a genuine, authentic Chicago dog. And the third is a genuine Italian beef sandwich. I was really hoping you'd pick one that wasn't good, but out of those two, I could definitely live without the hot dog. Really? Okay. Oh, wow. Listen, hot, I put up the Chicago hot dog against any hot dog. It's the best way to ever eat a hot dog. I don't think hot dog's a meal. I don't think hot dog is anything ever to get excited about. It's a goddamn hot dog. But when you drag it through the garden, like we say in Chicago, it's an experience. I think a Chicago dog is king of dogs. I know I just pissed a lot of people off, but it's okay. Yeah. Um, but... Yeah, I mean, I, I, there's no way I'm giving up an Italian beef sandwich. And there's no way I'm giving up like a Pequod's deep dish. Oh, so. yeah, yeah. The cornmeal crust. Yeah. Three, the hot dog goes. Yeah. Well, bear, I mean, uh, Abe, I agree with you on that one. I have the same answer, but in the same reason. Nothing against the, I love, I think Chicago hot dog is my favorite way to have a hot dog. There's no question about it. But when you have the Italian beef and in, uh, in, in the deep dish, Maybe 10 years. I hadn't, I hadn't had Italian beef till about 12 years ago when I, when I first went to Chicago and, and I was hooked on it. Listen, I keep telling everybody, if you want to order it right, you get a cheesy combo. Mm, okay. Cheesy combo is basically an Italian beef sandwich, but they shove an Italian hot sausage under the beef. Then they take provolone, then they take the whole sandwich and you got to dip it in that juice that comes all slimy and greasy and the hot oil melts the cheese into the bread. It's, it's, it's a mess. Yeah, but it's yeah. a sandwich. Drink a lot of water is what I'm going to tell you too. Cause those will get you thirsty afterwards is what I'll say, but they're great. I mean, they're great. Hey bear, just yeah. before, what was your choice on this one? I was going to say, um, 
I personally, there, I, I, I agree with Abe's sentiment. I think the, I think the Chicago dog is the king of all dogs. I agree. Uh, I don't think it's. I am a, I, I am a hot dog aficionado, and I can just imagine the jokes that are going to happen in the chat with saying that I love hot dogs. Uh, I, I do, man. I think they're. I, I will, I will eat a hot dog anywhere. I mean, it's like tacos, hamburger, hot dog, like any day of the week. But the Chicago dog is king. I absolutely love it. I love everything about it. I love the weird relish. I love the peppers. I love, I just, oh, it's, I love the celery salt. The celery salt is Vienna beef and the poppy seed oh. roll. Yeah. Oh, and I love poppy seed. Anything is fantastic. Yeah. The combination with the dog is incredible. The deep dish pizza for me, I, I, I get, so this is where, this is where Coop and I will get into it. Cause like Coop's, Coop's all about the New York slot, like the New York pie. I think I think Chicago deep dish is the best pizza on the planet. I love pizza uh, as well. I love food from all over, but like genuine deep dish pie, like that thick, just awesome, awesome. This is incredible. I I I think the Italian beef's got to go. I mean, I would I, I want I'm going to try what A was just talking about. What what did you call it? What do I need to order? A cheesy combo. The cheesy combo. Okay, I need to try that, and maybe my choice will change. But I, I could, I could do beef sandwiches at a lot of other places, and and have a equally fulfilling or better experience, in my opinion. The the but the hot dog and the pizza are absolutely king. Um, I I I fucking love a Chicago hot dog. I can't believe, I, man, that was quick, Gabe. You answered that. Question. It's hard. It was hard for me to even do that one. Is what I'll say. This was very. I thought this was a hard, a very hard one to do because they're all great. Here's what you can say about the hot dog. Okay, so 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 look. Here's the problem for, for me. And I, I, Alex and I get in this argument all the time. A Philly cheesesteak or whatever is not an Italian beef sandwich. It's different. It's a completely different animal. I agree. It's a completely different animal. So yeah. here's the thing. I can eat as I get older. My pizza has become more simplistic. I would never eat like a cheese pizza. Like for me, I'd be like, oh, that's like sweet and sour chicken at a Chinese restaurant. Who gets just cheese pizza? It's a waste of pizza. But as I get older, believe it or not, I've become more simpler. And I, I like a margarita, a thin crust margarita. It becomes what I like. So mm-hmm. in the pizzas, there's different level of pizzas that I, I can enjoy, right? In, in, in the Italian beef, there's only one way to have an Italian beef. And it's Italian beef. That's why I wouldn't give it up. But in the hot dogs... If it wasn't a Chicago hot dog, you would never see me eat a hot dog. Wasn't that like your meal? Of, like, wasn't that your meal of choice? Like after you got off the diet and the the whole dress and drag bet, wasn't that your wasn't that your cheat meal? Oh, I Chicago don't, dogs. I don't. Whatever. But, but oh. the, the thing too is you got to know it's got to be incredible when you got to hunt the ingredients down. Mm-hmm. Go find a poppy seed bun. You're not finding a poppy seed bun that easily. Go find. No, you're not. Go find me the sport peppers. Go find me a neon green relish. The ingredients to make a Chicago style hot dog are not readily available. It's hard to find that relish too, man. That the, the sport peppers are ironically the easiest thing to find. Even huh? the even the dog, the Vienna dog, you have to you have to find the right. They're hard to get. V- it's hard to get the Vienna beef in Charlotte. I'll tell you that. Yeah. Unless, if someone knows it who's listening, to Charlotte, let me know. I've had trouble finding them. Amazon. Yep. There you go. That's where I get my ingredients from, or, or yeah. Pot Belly, or something. Some of you have, but you can't walk into a store. I, I don't see poppy seed buns down here anywhere. No, yeah. no. 
They're so fucking hard to find. But it's but it, they're so good. I mean, uh, but I think Italian beef. You really got to go to Chicago specialty place to get it. Italian beef anywhere near. Let me tell you something. You get a good Italian beef, and you're courageous enough to have it dipped because some people yeah. get by. I haven't done that. I got to do that. That's a great idea. If you you just tell them you want it dipped. They know exactly what they're okay. Talking, right. You tell so you get the Italian beef. You can tell me you want it dipped. So. My Italian beef's always got to come with jardinera, hot jardinera, right? Yeah. Another Chicago hard thing to find. Um, and, 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 and you got to dip it because especially if you get it with cheese because that gravy just melts the cheese and it fuses into the bread, man. It's like a whole different yeah. experience. So part of the Italian beef thing is you got to know how to eat it. If you eat it dry, it's not the same experience. Very interesting. You can't... Yeah, yeah over like the wussies you just gotta dip it <laughs> sandwich you dip it in the gravy yeah right like what good. what happens to you when you what happens when you walk into a, a fine chicago establishment and you see people putting the knife and the, the knife and the fork to the sandwich like do you just like just do you just like drop kick them in the next tuesday or the knife and fork into a sandwich yeah nah, I'm, I'm a believer to like amateurs no. <laughs> you gotta you gotta listen i don't care like this is this is the thing I've I've always said about sandwiches, like because there's some I mean there's some and burgers too like there's the, like there's some messy ones out there that are just that's the way they are like you said the dip and everything you gotta you gotta roll with it, man you just gotta you know to embrace my inner guy Fieri man you gotta get the hunch man you gotta get in the shoulders and you gotta get your hands on it you just gotta go for it, um, and just I'm telling you next time you're in Chicago especially if you don't mind the spicy hot Italian sausage right. Just order a cheesy combo dipped, and if you like it spicy, tell me you want the heart jar, hot jardinera, not the green peppers on there. It'll be a oh, life. Man. It'll be a life. Yeah. I'm gonna. No, I'm gonna try. Like I said, my answer, my chance. Like, but for I, just I. Oh God, I'm a Chicago dog guy, man. Like that is that is the shit for me. There's a there's a place down here in Dallas Fort Worth. It's like a beer garden. It's called Dog House. Uh, D o g h o u s. I think they're all they might be all over the country but there's a few down here uh and i get the fucking chicago dog every time because they have the they have the right the right ingredients man i don't know where they get and it's and it's good it's really good yep. and they have some cool dogs on the menu but man uh, chicago dog yeah. man it's fantastic very oh. Oh, good stuff what else you got Coop? that's it abe you're done we're gonna we have a we have a couple of more segments we're gonna do but you're welcome to go or welcome to stay we're gonna uh, we have a couple more segments though but uh i don't know what we, you got about we're gonna be doing our we're gonna be reviewing our cigar of the year list and then we have a segment called great things are happening here where we talk about good news stories yeah it was something i thought i could argue with you about i would stick, stick around no problem you argue you don't want to argue about his top 10 cigars i can't argue about anybody's top list man it's 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 a taste thing man you, you can't be wrong i listen part of the thing we discovered in our connoisseur club because we had a very controversial cigar this month and then Another guy, a blogger, just said, man, I thought it was my highest, second or higher, first highest. So it's just one of those things. I'll, I'll never debate somebody's top 10 list. That, that's just pointless. You know, everybody has, has their own palate, their own opinions. And respectable. Yeah, it's respectable. It's just like movie critics. You know, if I follow you, Bear, I follow Coop, and what you say resonates with me, and I follow, and I'm like, oh, this is right. He's yep. right. And I trust your opinions more, because whatever my palate is, it closely more aligns to what you like. So... You know, that's how that works. But no, I'll, I'll let you guys get to your thing because honestly, I need to finish you this. got that catalog to do, man. I, I, all night. I'm going to finish this. Thank you for having me. Anybody out there listening, 
If you haven't gotten your great smoke ticket, I promise you, this is the year to come if you can come. The, there are plenty of uh, base tickets, general admission tickets still available. There are some virtual tickets still available. Go to thegreatsmoke.com. Check out the party pack because I'm telling you, it's the best you won't, you won't regret it. Ours you'll ever see anywhere. And then you can participate in the TGS store and the event day. But thank you for having me on, gentlemen. I appreciate it. Thank you so much. Thank you, Abe. Hey, before you took two seconds, Coop, can I plug something? Real quick? Yes. So we're going to have more great smoke talk. I'm promised to bring some original content as well. Two weeks, Abe will be on my show, Ellis, for more takes. You don't want to miss that. We're going to be keeping this pregame going on and keep talking great things about the great smoke and more with Abe in two weeks. So check you have the date. Out. You have the actual date for that, just so folks know? Yeah, the 30th. Yep. Uh, yep. I said that the 30th. Yes, 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 yes. Yes, the 30th, January 30th, yep. Sunday night, as always. Just so you know, what makes that perfect is that's after the Matt Booth drops. So we can finally talk about this project that we've been working on with you. Oh, boy. Yeah, you're going to look out with that one. Yeah, that's really good. All right, Abe, thank you. Uh, we'll, we'll both see you at the Great Smoke, and I'll be seeing you on Saturday. So I'll look forward to it. Uh, Juan Lopez is our guest on KMA. I think you're not going if, to, if you haven't seen a Juan Lopez show on KMA, you're in for a treat. So he's one of the best guests, I think. So thank you, boys. Peace Take out. Take care, Abe. Be Love safe. Uh, get some sleep if you can. Thanks, All right. Abe. That is Honest Abe the Babna here on the uh, primetime special edition. Um, so, Bear, why don't we jump right into uh, great things are happening here, uh, which is, uh, of course, uh, we want to mention great things are happening here, sponsored by Tobacco Era USA. Makers of iconic brands such as Monte Cristo, Romeo Julieta, H. Upman, and Aging Room Cigars. Tobacco Area say great things are happening here. And if folks didn't catch the contest, um, I'll put this one up uh, one more time. Uh, We're giving away an H. Upman uh, gift pack tonight. Um, it's quite simple to enter. Um, all you have to do, and I'll put a picture up of the gift pack. You get a... Um, Coop, can a I handle this? Yeah, Pick go up, ahead, man. Throw the, throw, the, throw the picture up. Here we go. Okay. All right. So, this folk, folks, this is going to be easy. Go to, if you guys are watching our show on anywhere else other than the Cigar Coop Facebook page, go to the search key in the top left-hand corner and type in the Cigar Coop page, okay? Pull up our live stream on the Cigar Coop page, okay? So, you're going to put it in the comments, okay? So, I want you to do me a favor. I'm going to go ahead and give you the cheat code here. You're going to go to Cigar Coop. You're going to open up a new tab and go to CigarCoop.com. He's got also got a search key. You're going to type in H. Upman, and I promise you the answer is there. We need to know the latest H. Upman cigar release. What's it called? The full name H. Upman, bada da 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 da. Okay. The H. Upman, bada da 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 da, whatever that is, type it all out in your answer. You're going to hashtag it H. Upman. I'm going to spell it for you H U P M A N N, hashtag H. Upman. With your answer, the H. Upman, da 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 da, whatever it is on the cigar coop feed, you're going to win this fantastic prize pack, a baseball cap. Look at that. Look at that tumbler. Beautiful beer sign. It's a great engraving. The picture doesn't do it justice. And these cool packs are so fucking cool that Coop's wife stole one from him. He doesn't even have one. He's giving away his only one, guys. This is a great prize pack. And listen, the, we've been doing these giveaway coops. We've been doing these giveaways for over a year now. Yeah. And I think I, I, I can honestly say this, like, this is stuff like that. I get excited. Like, I don't really get excited about cigar swag. I don't because I've seen a lot of it. And there's a lot of companies that do it better than others. 
Tobacular USA really puts a really like unique spin on some of this stuff that really comes out like the like the 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 aging room rare collection with the rum and coke combo the uh the beautiful lighter that we did with uh, the cutter with we did with aging room before that we brought back the uh, the speakers with trinidad the soccer balls like this is some really cool unique swag that you're not going to get anywhere else and you're not going to get at your like your normal monthly cigar event at your re- at your retailer and stuff. We've got some great retailers in the chat and I know they can attest to the, ma- the, the greatness of the swag. This isn't cheap. Okay. It's not going to break in your hands. It's not, this bag's not going to rip. That hat is totally quality. That, that beer stun is beautifully engraved. It's going to be something you want to put in your collection. When you have your friends over for parties, you're going to pour that beer inside that glass. They're absolutely going to love it. They're going to be like, where did you get this? You could tell them you want it from Cigar Coop. So go to CigarCoop.com, type in H. Upman. The answer is right there on that page. I promise you, what is the latest release? It was just announced a few days ago from H. Upman by Alt- uh, Altidus USA, Tobacular USA. Who, what is it? What's the name of the cigar? Hashtag it, H. Upman, H-U-P-M-A-N-N, and win it. Thank you, Bear. And I want to add just one more thing. Our contests are meant to be uh, really easy to enter. So we're not making you go through a lot of hoops with these contests. So um, please, please, yeah. Um, like I said, they do a great job, Tobacco RSA. I know we're going to have some more unique packs coming uh, in 2022. Um, and I would say this one and the aging room ones are the two most sought after I've gotten asked about. Like, how do I get these? So, uh, you know, this one, like I said, that cooler thing is, is amazing is what I'm just going to say. And for my wife to like use a cigar <laughs> paraphernalia for anything is uh is pretty cool so uh it's great like uh, those those insulated bags work perfect i'm just telling yeah, they you they, they look great so yeah steve uh, toth got his aging room prize pack today Coop thanks steve yeah no appreciate the week. aging room folks they get i mean the, the tobacco usa folks they get this stuff right out uh i'm sometimes slow at picking the winner more than anything so uh that's why it's important like the hashtag is important we could do another hashtag class like, remember, we did the hashtag class. We had to do that hashtag class. <laughs> there was one contest where every hashtag was wrong. So, and for you I mean, boomers out there, that's the pound sign. Listen, yeah. I had to learn it, too. And I'm not a boomer. Yeah, it's, yeah. Uh, it's a pound sign. Okay? Uh, we're not like these other contests. We're not making you tag 20 people and, 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 and join up uh, our, our Instagram accounts and stuff like that. We're making it very easy for you to enter. I, in fact, I've been accused of making them too easy. But this one was a little tougher tonight, I thought. Because not everyone could yeah. maybe caught that. That release kind of came out right around the holiday time and a few days ago. So, um, but it will be debut TPA. So, appreciate you, Bear, on that very much. Always. All right. Always. So, let's get into great things are happening here. Uh, Bear, what do you have to the table this week? So, uh, I love this segment, Coop. I say it every time that yep. we do it. I we think love this segment. Yep. Out, you know, outside of my charity segment on my show, uh, not one out, Coop, but these are my two favorite segments, you know, across our both great platforms. I love it. Um, I love talking about cool stories. I love talking about fun stories, heartwarming stories. Uh, this one's just, just, this one's just a really cool story. Um, it's not like, you know, I, I, you know, usually pick heartwarming stories and everything like that. I do have an honorable mention this week, but the link that I've got in there and I'll, I'll post it here in the chat in a second, where there were some fossils found uh, from a prehistoric rainforest that reveal like really cool details from 11 million years ago 
but they're really, really, really cool details. So hundreds of immaculately preserved fossils, hundreds of them. Okay, we're not just talking about one or two. Hundreds were found in Australia, and they kind of offer a view into the continents early uh, during the Miocene uh, period. Okay, um, so from the photos that you can see in the story, you can see how the iron oxide mineral known as uh, it's uh, gothite. Um, the leaves were belonging to more than 50 species of plants, fossilized flowers, fish, uh, insects, arachnids. Now, the perfect one that they have here, and I'm not trying to freak out anybody. If anyone's an arachnophobic, I'm sorry, but I think it's just really cool. I'm going to go. Uh, can you go ahead and try to enable my sharing, Coop? I want to show this. Yes, I'll possible. do that. So it, it's a really, really perfectly preserved fossil of a spider. And like, I don't know how you care about spiders. A lot of people are freaked out by them. My mother, in fact, is, is, is freaked out and by them. But I just think this is super cool. And, uh, and look at this thing. I mean, this is perfectly preserved. Look how massive this thing was. I mean, we talk about, I mean, Australia is known for having some of like the most deadliest animals now in 2022. Imagine being around in the Miocene period. But I mean, look at this. I mean, it's gorgeous. I, I mean, look how big this is. I mean, these are some really, really cool process, like really, really cool hundreds of preserved fossils. God, the detail. I mean, this is, this is, I mean, this is cool as just any, like any piece of art that you'll ever find in a museum. Um, and finding, finding things like this, you know, finding things like this in our world today from hundreds, thousands, millions of years ago. I mean, this is the st- this is the stuff that really kind of just really excites me. So, I mean, I, I mean, when I was a kid, I wanted to be an archeologist, like every kid, I love dinosaurs, love the dinosaur bones, could identify every dinosaur. Um, and so this stuff still kind of excites me. And I mean, it's just gorgeous. Look at these fossils. They're beautiful. And, and oh, man, I just, I think it's really cool. So uh, that's my good things are happening here. Honorable mention. Um, Got a new addition to the Duplessis family. Um, we adopted a, a beautiful uh, dog on Sunday, uh, so a couple of days ago. Her name's uh, her name's Molly. She's actually by my feet. She's the uh, unofficial mascot of this show. She's the official mascot of Ellos Pumar Takes, and uh, she's fantastic. And a lot of people know I lost my dog about a year and a half ago, and and uh, been patiently waiting to uh, not replace her, but to find a new find a new family member and uh and uh, she's she's fantastic i love her already and it's uh just want to say welcome to the family Molly. welcome yeah absolutely absolutely a wonderful good two two great stories there that's a good one all right so mine is a very simple it's kind of a simple act of kindness but it's, i think it's a really cool story um this is about uh a woman uh, who, who is basically thanking a hero. They con- this woman, her name's Lauren Degnan. Uh, she contacted the Good News Network where we pulled this story from. Um, and she's thanking someone who found her son's wallet in the snow and drove it to her house. Now, I don't know how people know of whoever lost a wallet. I think that has to be one of the most stressful things to lose your wallet. I mean, it has to be of losing an item. Your identity's in there, your credit card, your money's in there. And um, apparently, uh, over the holidays, uh, just before New Year's, uh, Laura's son, Jake, realized he had lost his wallet on a Thursday night. Um, and 
what happened is when he went to try to find it, uh, this is in Rockville, uh, Maryland. Uh, it was very challenging because it started to snow. Um, and, uh, you know, he was looking all around. I mean, he, they, they were shoveling places and, uh, it was, and, and even apparently they said that this wallet did have a lot of Christmas money, college money, and of course, school IDs, license, debit and credit cards, but they could not find this thing. Right. So Jake was basically getting ready to head back to, uh, school, college, university of South Carolina. Um, and, um, I guess they were getting ready and the doorbell rings at eight o'clock in the morning. And it's a guy by the name of Juan um, asking if someone named by the name of Jake lived there. And uh, he had found the wallet. Uh, he had been up early and uh, he happened to be in a park in that parking lot where he lost the wallet. Um, it was outside a store and he drove the, the, to their house to pick that up. And Laura contacted the great uh, the Good News Network um, to really thank him on there. Um, and I think that's a great story. Unselfish story, you know, obviously. Uh, and she was very appreciative, as was her son. So um, to lose your wallet in a snowstorm is, has got to be even more stressful. So good job by Juan. Um, I don't know how his last name, but Juan um, to do that. There's good um, Samaritans all over the place. Yep. It's, it's, it's stories like that. So it, that reminds me of a story uh, when I went to visit my in-laws for the first time in B.C. Um, so Vancouver, they live in Vancouver, uh, specifically a town called Coquitlam just outside of Vancouver in BC. And my father-in-law, one of the things that he talked about, like as soon as we got off the airplane, was just talking about how, just how amazing Canadians are and how wonderful they are and how nice they are and things like stories like this. He's like, man, if, if it, it's, it was, couldn't have planned it. It's like almost like he planned it. Cause he's like, man, if you lose your wallet, they'll track you down and they'll find you. Sure enough, later that night, he fucking loses his wallet. Right. And this guy couldn't be happier about losing his wallet. I'm freaking out, right? I'm like, oh my gosh, you lost your wallet. You were talking about this. Like, there's no way. He's like, no, bear, I guarantee we'll get back to the apartment. We'll hit the answering machine and there'll be a message because my information's in there. There'll be a message for someone who found my wallet and we'll get it back tonight. Guaranteed. I'm like, yeah, okay, sure. All right. No, no worries, dad. And I shit you not, we walk back in the apartment, play the answer machine and someone left it as, hey, Ingo, we found your wallet. Like, wow. oh my God. That's awesome. Couldn't have planned it. Couldn't have planned it. It's unbelievable. So that's, that's awesome. That's awesome. There, I, I like that. Great, great, uh, good Samaritan. So, uh, people were asking to see a picture of Molly. Uh, so here she is. Um, that's Molly and me. So right after we picked her up. So she's uh, she's a Labrador mix. They are, they say oh, pretty much everyone's got Labrador. She actually does have Labrador in her. She's got the web feet and stuff. And she's probably got a little short, like probably German short hair pointer in her too, but she's a gorgeous dog, real friendly, real docile. And she's young too. So um, she's fantastic. So, welcome Great. Like I welcome said, to welcome. the family there. Welcome to the family. Good stuff. Good stuff. All right. I messed up my camera here, but we'll just kind of make do. All right. Um, so uh, let me just, uh, I'll do the Michael's thing. You didn't want me to do the Michael's thing? I don't have it in front of me, so go ahead. Okay, I'll do it. Yep. So uh, with just over a decade of ownership, Michael's Tobacco has become the premier tobacconist for the Dallas-Fort Worth metro area and cigar patrons the world over. With two convenient locations in Euless, Texas, just a quick thought from the DFW airport, and Keller, Texas, Michael's Tobacco stands as a beacon for the Texas cigar retailers. Michael's was the very first cigar lounge in the state of Texas to add a full bar to its list of ever-growing accommodations. 
Proprietor Mike Peacock is a former IPC board member and has now made Michael's a family affair by enlisting his son Bob uh, joining the ownership force. Um, he, they have assembled, quote unquote, the greatest cigar team in the cigar retail business, unquote, as well as build some of the finest relationships with the industry's most ex, uh, expect, respected individuals. Uh, they have enlisted a staff that collectively boasts over 100 years of combined industry experience. And together they brought a true and blessed mainstay to their respected communities. Whether you're celebrating an anniversary, birthday, hole-in-one, or just a desire to relax, Michael's Tobacco will have the perfect cigar waiting with an exquisite berries pairing and lively conversation. Visit michaelstobacco.com for more details and a calendar of upcoming events. Michael's Tobacco, not just a cigar shop, but the perfect blend of Texas hospitality and the days of yore. And Baird, I'm just going to throw one more thing, and I didn't have this in the notes, but um, I also want to mention Agonorsa Leaf again. Um, one thing that you'll be seeing on Cigar Coop uh, this year is we're going to be covering something called the Agonorsa Experience. So you'll see posts um, at least once a month, maybe more frequently, uh, where we'll be directing you to Agonorsa Experience content hosted by Terrence Riley on YouTube. Uh, you can go to the sidebar on Cigar Coop and easily uh, go access that content. This month's content, um, uh, Terrence is going to be talking about the new Supreme Leaf uh Robusto that's going to be making its debut on um, at the at at TPA. So uh, definitely something you want to check out. Um, and what I'll do is I'll actually just share this and show you so you can um, if you want to see it uh, and how you can easily access that. Um, you just go on to the Cigar Coop page and over here you will see uh, the uh, the Supreme Leaf Robusto with a twist and that will be changing throughout the month as well. So Terrence is doing some great content. Go and check that out. All right. So uh, top 10 cigars of the year. We This is kind of in a tradition where Bear and I, we recap our top 10 lists um, and we we offer some opinions on the cigar. Thoughts, um, you know, agree, disagree. Uh, was it a surprise to us? Uh, did we think it was going to land where, where we thought these cigars were going to land? And um, we'll kind of, I guess we go round robin like we did start at 10 and we'll go up uh, with each of these. Sounds good. Um, so, um, you know, I think, uh, I think, you know, my, my top 10 list is, you know, I've done a top 10 since, uh, since I started the show. Uh, even after, um, you know, for, you know, about three or four months after my, my first, my show launched, I launched it in late October and then I gave awards out that January. And, uh, I wanted to bring something different, uh, to the whole, you know, the, the whole top list experience. And so, um, I, I came up with a, a set of criteria. I won't go through the whole thing, but basically what I wanted to do, uh, the most, the biggest portion or the, the largest weighing factor of my top 10 lists has to be uh, cigars that I frequently go back to that year that I smoke a lot of. And, um, and so I, it was, a, it was an exercise that I, I luckily got a little perfected a little bit. The first year I got to be honest, was a little bit less scientific. Um, but I, still i still hold true that it was pretty accurate because I've, I've always tracked my cigar consumption so it was pretty easy to track but i definitely paid a lot more attention to it starting year two um so previous winners include the espinosa habano the christoph vengeance um the la barba uh crew mexico um 
and then this is the uh uh, and then, of course, the uh, the uh, EP Carrillo Encore uh, Valientes in year two. So um, this is uh, this is our fifth year doing our fifth list rather. And so it started with number ten, and then so it was a cigar that I I when I smoked it for the first time, I smoked it with a different name. Really enjoyed it, uh, and then it was released under its permanent name, and uh, it's still phenomenal blends. I absolutely love it. It's a great price point. Uh, I think it's I think it's the best cigar that this manufacturer makes, hands down. It's not even close, and that's the McAuliffe Churchill. Um, I love it. I think it smokes phenomenally. It's a darker cigar, so it's got those really warm and toasty flavors. Um, but it doesn't overwhelm the palate. It's not terribly strong, but it, it has enough spice to keep your attention. It's really great on the retro. Um, and it's something that I just really enjoy and I smoke a lot of them. So the McAuliffe Churchill uh, was my number 10 cigar of 2021. And that made my list last year. Number um, 18, uh, solid cigar. I think it's been McAuliffe's monster hit. Um. I think, you know, they came out with a Gordo. The Gordo is very good. I still would go back to the Churchill. You know, I'm a Gordo fan. They did a very good job on the Gordo, but I think that Churchill is a solid cigar. And I think it's been, uh, it's created a lot of excitement for McAuliffe over the last two years. So I think it was a solid pick there. Thank you. Yep. I, uh, see, I'm really excited. Um, I, uh, as you know, the thing about your, I'll let you talk a little bit about your top 10, but the one thing I want people to understand in our audience is that you do not share your top 10 list with us. Uh, Nor do I ask anyone else. Yeah, I keep it very, because I kind of like building suspicion with the team. It's very close to the vest. So we start, we play the guessing game just like you all. And so Cigar Coop Coalition members, uh, Ben Lee and Aaron and myself, were playing a lot of the guessing game, particularly Aaron and I, uh, Nielsen, um, not Loomis, but uh, on what your cigars were going to be. And I got to say, I'm pretty, pretty happy. Um, I guess the number one for the second year in a row. Uh, and I got most of your top 10, right? Um, there are a couple that I missed. Yeah. I'm, just, I'm kind of curious. I mean, I don't think anyone would have been surprised with the number one who knew me. Uh, I'm smoking it right now, which um, I mean, it's out already. We'll, we'll get to it when we get to it. Uh, the Rocky Patel winter collection Robusto. Um, but I started out at number 10. Um, and this is the second year in a row. This cigar has made it. Um, it made it at number nine last year. Uh, in a perfecto size, but this year it comes in at a Presidente size. Uh, and it's a cigar uh, by Southern Drawer Cigars. Uh, it's the Jacob's Ladder Brimstone Un Presidente. Um, look, to me, this cigar, um, so I think Brimstone has emerged for me as my favorite Southern Drawer br- uh, brand. Um, and what's, what I like about this cigar is Brimstone was originally positioned as a bolder Jacob's Ladder. I don't think it turned out to be bolder in terms of strength, but in terms of richness and flavor, this blend really shines. And, and they, they happen to have these presidents aging for a year before they were shipped, right? So um, I've noticed Brimstone's mellow over time. This one was kind of already, the mellowing was already done at the factory under ideal conditions. And it's a, it's a, it's a wonderful uh, journey to smoke. Uh, I mean, this cigar is a monster. It's nine by 48. So imagine a Churchill and then another two inches to smoke it. Um, really enjoy this cigar. I think this is like Brimstone, like I said, is the best blend that Southern Drawer has brought to the table. Uh, I'm excited to see what more they do with this. But yeah, number 10 cigar of the year. The Southern Drawer, Jacob's Ladder, Brimstone, Un Presidente. Did you see that one coming? Oh, absolutely. 
Um, I, in fact, I'm, I'm shocked. It felt, uh, you know, different cigars, different years, you know, there are other factors into it. I'm surprised it finished lower than the original brimstone, uh, from last year. Like you said, that was number nine. That was probably the biggest shock for me. I saw, this is the one I missed on. I saw, I saw it, um, I saw it somewhere in that six to eight position. Mm -hmm. I didn't think it was top five, just based on some of the other cigars I had in your top five. But I saw it. I saw it higher. I saw it six to eight. Uh, I'm really surprised that it didn't finish stronger. Um, I knew you re- you thought it was better. I know how much you loved the original, but like we said, different cigars, different years. So there are other factors around where it kind of landed. Um, I, I disagree on one point. Um, I think the Desert Rose is the best thing that Robert's ever done, um, bar bar none. I, I would put that as goes, a second. Yeah, I mean that made my goes two years in a row as well. Too. Exactly. Yeah. So yeah. I know you have, you know, it's not like you hate it. Um, and so it's not like we're different, too different there. I, uh, I also disagree on that too. Again, this is just placement. So let me ask you that. Well, actually not, I don't know if I disagree. Putting gun to your head, what size, which one do you pick the original perfecto or this one? Those, oh, the perfect. I still pick the perfecto. You still pick the perfecto. Okay. I, then I, disagree very with that. I think this was better. I think this um, was way better. Let me, yeah. It's, it's so close. And for folks who don't know, what I do is after everything's scored, it's ranked, right? And then there's a re-smoke that happens like over a 40 to 5-day period. And a, a few cigars did creep ahead of it. But it was, it was honestly, it was very close. In the, in, in that 6 to 10 on this list was close this year. Right. Yeah. Cool. So, um, so my number nine cigar of the year, uh, I think I – think, uh, I don't think it, it, it it's 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 a cigar that kind of jumped onto this list uh, in the latter half of 2021. I started smoking a lot more of them uh, in the latter half, and it, it creeped onto this list. If it had a little bit, it, it it had enough. I smoked enough for it to qualify for the list. It fell into the criteria in terms of time frame. Uh, if it had a little bit more time, it honestly probably would have finished higher. Um, um, to be honest, but I, I really love this. Uh, you're going to love this coupe because it's a big gauge. So it's the, it's the Roma craft, uh, Baca Otabenga. So it's, I, I, which I think is one of the best sizes of that line. Yeah. Uh, it's phenomenal, man. I, I really, you know, a lot of people were really high, you know, that first trade show where they, they weren't going to release all of them, but a lot of people got to smoke all different sizes. A lot of people were really high on the hunter gatherer, which is the largest of the Vitolas thus far. Um, but I really like at the time. I really liked the pygmy, uh, the small one. Um, the pygmies, was... and they aged well. Those pygmies. If people had them at first, maybe they didn't smoke as well. They, the pygmy came around. Yeah, and I really, I really liked that size personally when it first came out. But the Otabenga has been just uh, lights out for me. I f- think it's fantastic, um, and yeah, it's 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 a banger for sure. And I I, I freaking love it. Um, I love it in that bigger gauge. You get, you get that, you get a really nice, really nice balance of flavors. The Cameroon does seep through. So you get some really nice nuttiness to it. Um, it's, it's a, it's a, it's a great cigar. Um, it wasn't reviewed on Coop, um, but it's certainly one that deserves to be reviewed on that. It was, and it was really good to see you put a 60 ring gauge in your top 10. <laughs> that was a good job. I bared the pussy on that one. So I had a, um, I had a, I had a 70 gauge as an honorable mention last year. 
I had certainly so, in the top five last year. Uh, yeah, well, it's the same cigar as the yeah. Asylum Seven because yeah. that's that cigar was fucking phenomenal. Yeah, that the Asylum Seven last year was one of, is was one of the best cigars I smoked. Period. I only smoked like three of them though, so yeah. it did, and it was a limited, so it didn't qualify for the top ten. Uh, yeah. But it was phenomenal. Um, so what was uh, so your number nine, Coop? I uh, I'm really excited to hear you talk about this one um, because. I think this cut, you know, for people who weren't paying attention to your to your reviews or as close to attention as some of us do, I think this might have probably caught a lot of people off guard. So let's talk about it. Yeah. And I'll say this. Um, it was validated by Nielsen. So Aaron Nielsen went and bought a box of these like um, and he liked the cigar. So when Aaron kind of validates it, it, it definitely make it doesn't influence the list, but it helps reinforce at least where it's on the list. Um, this is a cigar. Um, it's from Rockefeller Cigars, it's the vintage Rockefeller Art of Magic. Um, this was a pricey cigar at $20. It's coming out of the Tabsa factory, um, which everyone knows, Agonorsa's factory, uh, features San Andreas Mexican over Nicaraguan binder filler. Uh, very limited release. So, limited releases don't do as well when it comes to these final rankings, right? Because and this one was like probably just on the border of not even making the list because it was it was a smaller production. I want to say it was between two. I want to say it was 200 boxes. Um, the nice thing about this, too, there was a uh, it was a charity angle uh, where five percent of the proceeds went to a charity called Fuck Cancer, um, which is uh, a charity where Jesse Flores, daughter is going through a battle of cancer. It's helping raise funds and create cancer awareness. Um, so it's a really but. What I'll say about this cigar is this, and it's the first time Rockefeller ever landed on the list. It is the throwback to the old school Agonorsa cigars from about five or six years ago, those old school Maduros that they did. So if you like those like Casa Fernandez, Miami Maduros and Agonorsa leaf Maduros, this is a cigar for you. Um, uh, but it's going to bring its own flavor to the table. Um, it, it was just, it just really, really did. Like I said, it's hard, you know, it's, I don't really want to put a 200 box release at number one. Certainly, I think there were cigars that were ahead of this cigar, but I thought nine is where it should have landed this year, and I feel comfortable with that ranking there. Now, you haven't smoked this, have you? I have not. Okay, I have not. Um, I'm I'm eager to, if if the if the chance still exists, um, but I have not smoked it. I know you and Nielsen were really high on it, obviously. Um, I've 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 enjoyed some of the latter Rockefellers um, that have been coming. Uh, Schweitzer's been doing a fantastic job. What a job he's done, like resurrecting and restructuring that brand in the last few years. Yeah, I, I mean, if anyone anyone knows me, and just to be transparent, I mean, yeah. I was not a fan of some of the earlier releases from that company, but Schweitzer's done a fantastic job yeah. with it, like you said, and and uh, I've really I've really enjoyed. I've really enjoyed some of the cigars that he's put out. I thought that he's doing a great job and, and yeah, this is something I'm excited to try. And uh, yeah, if you see them in the wilds or if you have the opportunity to pick them up, if listen, if Coop and Nielsen say that it's this good, it's that good and it's worth the price point, you know, steal one, man. It's yeah, it's, and it's for a great cause. So like, what do you got to lose? Even if you fucking hate it, fuck cancer. Yep, exactly. Um, This is a limited release. I sincerely hope Kevin does another run of it. I really do. This is one you want brought back. Maybe not every year, but this is one. This is one of those limiteds that I'm glad I got when I got them. 
um, because it was it was something special. Um, all right, Barry, you're number eight. Yeah, my number eight um, was, you know, a cigar we actually talked about just a few moments ago with Abe. Um, and it was a cigar that blew me away the, the moment I lit it and the moment I smoked it. Uh, from the very first time I had it, uh, we had a guest on the show, Rafael Nadal. He let us smoke it for the first time. Uh, had I think it just hit the market or was about to. So we had some really some of the first uh, first looks at it. We were definitely the first show that he did. With yeah, anybody like it was the second. He did that show like the next week. So we were actually mm-hmm. the first to smoke it. We know that. Yeah. And the size I smoked that night um, was as has become a tradition on Cigar Coop Primetime Special Edition. I let the guests pick it. And I had a couple of Vitolas and you were always smoking the number two. And uh, Jennifer True, who was also a guest that night, uh, she's the uh, Monte Cristo uh, uh, brand ambassador that works closely with Raphael. She picked the Churchill for me and she picked a winner. I love it. It's fantastic. And uh, it makes my top 10 list at number eight. And uh, yeah, uh, it's phenomenal. It is a phenomenal cigar. Totally another high, higher price point. Uh, you're looking almost at $20 uh, to pick one up. Um, look. Yeah, people could say you're buying the brand. No, you're buying the cigar with this one. It is. It's totally worth it. It's phenomenal. Um, I mean, if you like it, if you like darker, warmer, toastier notes and stuff, this is a cigar to try. But I'm telling you, there's a lot more unique characteristics to it. And it made your top 30, Coop. You were at number 12. 12. 12. And it was the Churchill, actually. I came around on the Churchill. So I agree with you that Churchill was the one that really shined as much as I did love the number two. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, it, 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 you know, and this is where it becomes, a, you know, when you have like 163 cigars competing for this list, some things sometimes fall a little down, but uh, a number 12 on Coop uh, is no slouch is what I tell people because there is a higher number of cigars reviewed than I think most websites. So to preface your number eight, I, I do want to go back to the the five cigars that did not make the top 10, the 11, 12, 13, 14, and 15. Yep. These are all brands that have performed incredibly well in the top, top 30 for coop. Yep. Every year. These are brands that are very popular, uh, with cigar smokers, uh, you know, and these are the ones that didn't make it fifth uh, into the top 10. But I mean, what an honor to be in the, in the bottom in in the top half of your list. At 15, the Undercrown 10. At 14, the Liga Privada Bauhaus. At 13, the Sober Mesa Brulee Blue. At 12, the Monte Cristo 1935 Anniversary Nicaraguan Churchill. At 11, a perennial favorite on the car on the cigar coupe list, the Aladino Cameroon Elegante by JRE Tobacco, which I bought you your first box. You're welcome, sir. Yes, thank um, you very much. Uh, and they're gone. <laughs> those did, yeah. I, I imagine they are. Uh, so those are cigars that didn't make the top 10. So we at number nine, we have Rockefeller. And number eight, another very small boutique company. But this is a cigar you were impressed with very early on. Very early on. This was uh, reviewed back in April or yeah. March, right? Yep. And it was validated by Nielsen as well. And Ben, who have now both smoked this cigar. Uh, and that is the La Vida Havana LE by LH Cigars. By the way, Nick Sears from LH Cigars will be on the Thursday show. And I'm out of these, just so you know. Um, so, you know, LH Cigars, um, look, I do know Nick. I used to host a show with him when, on Smooth Oz Radio. 
So I do know Nick, but I haven't put a lot of Nick cigars on my list. I mean, I'll tell you that straight out. So this is only the second time one of his cigars landed. Uh, it's made in Costa Rica. It's made at the same factory that's making the Atabays. So, I mean, this is, uh, and, and if you remember M. Bombay, it was at his factory too. Uh, Nick's very well into his factory. This is just, what I'll say is it, it has a Ecuadorian Vuelta Habajo wrapper. But uh, there's not much he'll talk more. He has not talked about this blend with me at all. Um, but I just am telling you, and this is not a cigar that's a one and done. So he, it is an ongoing production. Um, Nick needed a limited cigar. He didn't have a limited in his portfolio. Um, so he released this. This was something he was working on. He managed to get it out in the middle of the pandemic. Um, and uh, this is one I, I got to get some more of these. They, they are available. Um, and, uh, it's a good medium to full bodied cigar. Um, and, uh, if you like, if you like a coffee, chocolate notes, things like that, uh, this cigar, like I said, it really satisfies. And again, when, when a couple of our colleagues on the team go and smoke this, uh, and they have very good things to say that validates this. Cause this was, this is probably a cigar that showed up on no other list this year. Uh, but it, again, it performed stellar, um, is what I'll say. So uh, I have to get when I get more of these, I'll get some to you, Bear. So, quick question for you, Coop. So, like you said, it, 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 you know, you, it's nice to get validation from your peers and stuff like that. Yeah. Um, but you know, you've you've always one of the things I've I've always really enjoyed about you is just being above board, being transparent, and just not letting people influence you in a lot of ways. You're very, you know, you have very independent thought, especially when it comes to cigars. Uh, you don't review as harsh as, as Loomis as we were talking about earlier. Um, but, you know, that's something that I really enjoy about. So when, like you, you just mentioned this a second ago, and that, was, and that was, and I would say both these two, right? The Art of Magic and the LE by LH. You didn't see them on any lists. I mean, that, did that, does that bother you at all? Like, um, you know, it's interesting. It's my number. When we get to like some of my top ones, they weren't either. There's more coming. It, I did see Art of Magic on Boston Jimmy's list. So I did see that. Um, no, it doesn't because these were smaller releases. And I have not made a decision to exclude um, anything, you know, limited edition yet. Have I been considering excluding limited editions? Yes. Um, but you could it's tough as you know it's tough um to do that so i thought about a separate limited list but i didn't want to have two lists but the fact that these was the there's other cigars further up i'm surprised weren't on a list but this one not not so much because yeah, I, I understood that. these were smaller releases we're gonna get to that yeah yeah and, and like i said i normally i've really gun shy about these smaller batch releases so they really, they really have to perform to do well. I mean, you can argue, like, for example, Art of Magic, there was, there was some bigger shop-exclusive releases than that. Um, but Art of Magic was available at every Rockefeller retailer so who wanted it. So that's why it got on. Oh, great. Great, great pick so far. Really. Yeah, I think, I think we're so far nothing we're really uh, questioning. Maybe not as high on each other's list, or maybe I, I have no it, opinion. I have no opinion on the art of magic. I'm just going off of what you sure. guys. Talk yep, about, yep, so. yep. Exactly. Uh, they smoke I, it and disagree. You know. Yeah, I did smoke. I did. I um. I'd like to smoke uh, more of of the uh this the uh, the le. I had one, and it was it was good. It was oh, good. you did have one. Mm -hmm. Okay, yeah. good. That's good. I didn't know you had one. 
Yeah, I was, I was, I was gifted one um, by um, by our good friend Aaron Nielsen. He was able to get me one. So yeah, yep, I, he I, bought I, a box. Yeah, shocker. Yeah. Um, by the way, when Aaron buys a box, right, it doesn't necessarily mean it's one of his top cigars either. He buys a lot of boxes that are duds sometimes too. Just you know. <laughs> <laughs> um, I want to go back to back with you, Coop, if you don't mind, and then we'll come back to my list. Yeah. So I, w- I want to talk about your number seven here. So this is another cigar uh, for the second year in a row. This cigar has made your top 10 list. Um, top, top 10 out of top your top 30. Um, it, it's a perennial release that this company does. And I think it's a testament. We talk about a lot when we do the CA show. Yeah. We talk a lot about consistent performers, right? And for you, that's what I mentioned earlier. That's the, the Aladino lines perform really well because you just, you like the cigars, you like their tobacco. You like the way that Justo and, and Julio blends and uh, Crux, you really like the way that Jeff blends. Um, and so those are some of the perennial favorites and stuff like that. This is two years in a row that this cigar in particular, completely different blend, completely different Vitola, but it's made your top 10. So I'll talk, you, talk, to, talk us a little bit about your number seven. Yeah, uh, it's the Espinosa 601 La Bamba Warhead 6, not the 7. So it's a little perfecto that they came out with. And um, you know what's interesting? I think the shift, look, Lazona makes great cigars. But this line was shifted to San Latano a few years ago to start producing. And I think Hector will tell you he's getting some very good tobaccos out of AJ with San Latano. And I think that's why this this one is is showing up on higher lists. This was a completely different warhead than had been released before. It wasn't box pressed, and it was in a figurado shape. Um, and I'll tell you, originally when this cigar I smoked it, it was more strength than flavor. Okay, but this is why I think it's important to look at performance over time. As that cigar, I smoked it throughout the year. Um, it just started rising and rising and rising up up like what I was doing. Um, and, um, it, it seems like this, this line finds its way into the top 10, like you said, two years in a row to the Warhead three also made, made, made it as well a few years ago, I was just about to say, which yeah. is a Lancero. Um, so I think the only Warhead that didn't make it was four. Um, and that's not a bad cigar. It's just like, I think so, um, of the first five, five of the six has made my list and the me, this cigar it just it really starts to pop with the richness and the flavor. And it's a, it, I still put this as the strongest warhead that was released. Um, but they're, like I said, they're getting good broadleaf wrapper from AJ. Uh, they're getting some good high priming tobaccos. And, you know, Hector has done an amazing job with this line. And there's a reason why this is an annual release that does well every year because it's a performer. Um, and, uh, you know, Warhead 7 is even different than the first six. And we'll see where that lies this year as I get into the review cycle. So I love the Warhead line. Um, I wish Espinosa would do more Broadleaf cigars. I really do. Because they're, they're, they're fantastic. So this cigar scored a 92 yeah. uh, on your list. When I read the review for it, it felt to me like a weak 92 at the time. Uh huh. Would you, would you concur with that? It was, yeah. It, one of the, it was pro- when I do the ranking, I think it actually was the lowest of the 92 ranked. But it crept its way up during that resmoke is what happened. So right, there was definitely exactly. some performance increases with that. Yeah, um, that's your point. Yeah, so that that's what happened there. Um, no, it was nothing more than that. 
Um, and, uh, but yeah, I would say it was, it did creep its way up, um, as well, because like people, people don't see it as fractionals. So this is like, there's 92.1s and 92.9s, but everything gets, tr- we don't round up on cigar coop. Everything gets rounded down because we got to be tougher with the scoring. We can't give any gifts. So there's no free points. So everything gets rounded down and you see the truncated score on coop. So I think it's a little fair, but I, I guess this one is one. It did well in the in the re-smoking and crept its way. I, I think it was nine, and it crept up to seven when it happened. And I normally don't disclose that because it gets a lot of manufacturers in a tizzy. Like, why did it go down? So, but yeah, that one went up a bit. My number seven uh, was a cigar that did you actually not the cigar specifically, but you thought that this brand was going to land my number one spot. It was your prediction for number yeah. One. Uh, Jay Davis, uh, loyal viewer of both of our shows, thought I was going to have it closer and he thought it was going to be a completely different cigar. Um, but you know, you also got to look at my timeline too, as far as that. Um, so the number seven uh, cigar of the year for me was the Pichardo uh, Classico Sumatra. So I was surprised by it, Bear. I was thrown off by this one completely. Um, why? I'm a huge fan of their stuff. <laughs> so- okay, I, I there's things I can't say on the air right now why okay but you may know why if you think okay, about certain things behind the scenes and it's nothing and it's nothing against luciano or anything but but you know we, we've done a few exercises is what i'm saying that's why it surprised me yeah i i've just smoked a ton of these nothing stars. wrong with the number seven i think it's a, a great ranking and everything yeah yeah, no, it, it's i've smoked a ton of them um it's a cigar that's performed well on the in scar aficionado too as well yeah um, and you know, I, I, I smoked a ton of them. Um, and, um, you know, that's why it, cre- it crept up its way to number seven. You'll see a lot of, there's a lot of comparative comparisons to this in my number five, which I know also shocked you as well. We'll get into that in a moment. Oh, boy, you gave um, me on the spot with that one. <laughs> but, uh, no, don't, I'm not going to put you on the spot, but yeah. you just, you were surprised that it was yeah. as high as it was. And, right. and, 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 and comparatively speaking so was jay really surprised about this jay i thought that my that the fiat luck should have made my list and i was and, surprised on that one too but i kind of figured it was still gonna be this cigar yeah well because the, i didn't know fiat, if you smoked enough fiat lux that was why i hadn't and that and yeah. The, yeah yeah and by the time i mean other than the trade show which was my first introduction yeah. to it i didn't get another yeah. fiat lux until you know several months after so uh well not several months but a couple months after which led to very little time for it to qualify for this year it's still on the table for next year uh um oh, we're going to talk about predictions here in a little bit um when we get wrapped up because i do have a question for you mm-hmm. um you know it's subject to change but predictions are always fun um because we really don't know you know it's really early in the game for us to find out like what's what's on our next year's list but uh, the Classico Sumatra really, again, what I really like about this particular cigar is, is the Omentepe tobacco and the way that it's used. Um, it Very has well, this, and it's hard to use Omentepe tobacco. Yeah, Luciano like, curses for saying that. He hates when people talk about that, but I think it's impressive. I think it's an impressive feed because this cigar is very delicate. There's a lot of delicacy to it, um, and it, the blend is really, really good, so I really, I really enjoyed it. Um, so your number six cigar. Uh, well, one more point before we get to that. Um, sure. Just want to mention that if you didn't see the announcement today, small, small, medium factory of the year award voted by the entire cigar coop uh, cigar team uh, was Tobacco Era Pichardo. So uh, Luciano won one of our big awards today. Yeah. And that cigar comes out of that factory. 
uh, kudos to Radio Pichardo and, and Luciano Mireles. Um, a well-deserved yep. honor for them. Yeah, well the whole deserved, yep. yeah, Everyone had him on the list high yeah. uh, for that one, yeah. Um, so th- the number six, actually, this is the cigar that – so this was Aaron, Aaron Nielsen's um, – pick to he had this cigar in the top five so he had basically this cigar was what my version of the southern draw jacob's letter brimstone and presidente was for me i had that a few high slots higher he had this cigar a few slots higher um second year in a row the cigars major less coop talk about it um actually it's not the second year the second year our company made it company made uh, it, excuse yeah, me yeah yeah but uh yeah, last year it was perdomo and last year it was the uh esv maduro this year, it's this is probably you can argue it's been one of the most decorated cigars um, in terms of major number one ratings. It did land at number six here, which is no slouch. It's the Perdomo uh, 10th Anniversary Reserve box press Maduro in the Robusto size. Um, I think this cigar speaks for itself. Um, I think it's interesting because I think Perdomo, it's, it's, I'm glad Perdomo is getting a lot more rankings on end of year lists because I think they've just been putting out incredible product. This is no exception. I happen to really love Nick's Maduros. And I think the last two Maduros, that ESV Maduro and now this 10th anniversary Maduro, it has won over some Perdomo people to the Perdomo brand is what I've seen. Uh, Both of these cigars, maybe someone who doesn't like Perdomo cigars, I put this cigar in their hand and they love it. Um, And uh, it's it's I was really upset when Nick got rid of the Champagne Noir, which was the previous Maduro in the 10th anniversary line. But he knocked it out of the park with this one. <coughs> Excuse me, a home run. Um, I really enjoyed. I really enjoy that line. Um, and I think this is a cigar that has that capability of being one of these perennial, like you know, performers for years to come. It's already been two years, but I think we'll see it on on a bunch more lists right now. Like I said, they got Cigar Journal's number one. Uh, they got Cigar Authority's number one. They got Tobacco Business's number one. So they got some big ones. But I really enjoyed it. That's the cigar. Did you have this one on your list last year? No, or no. So I'm a little. I was a little surprised. I thought you you liked this line. So I was a little surprised on this. One. I did it uh, in full full transparency. It finished just outside the top ten. So okay, it finished just outside. Like it was. It's a numbers. It's really very close. tough. It's very. Yeah, it was a numbers game. It was just yep. about the many that I the the amount that I smoked and everything. Yep. I think it's a great cigar. It's a great pick. Um. Yeah, no, no shocker there. Um, uh, um, the um, the uh, number the number six cigar for me uh, was a standout cigar and brands for the last twelve months. Uh, it appeared on several lists this year and last year, and in fact, it took home the number one ranking on. Um, the cigar aficionado list last year and blend and size. So this is the, this is the, I will say that uh, cigar aficionado got it right. <laughs> uh, this time they didn't get it right with the encore. Uh, they picked the uh, majestic, the Valientis is the superior Vitola in that line, but whatever. Uh, but they number six cigar for me was the number one cigar of the year for cigar aficionado last year, which was the EP Carrillo pledge prequel. Yeah, it made it made my list it was a little lower at sixteen, uh, but a solid, 
a, a, a really good cigar. Again, 16 on my list. I'm not going to consider that a slouch or a disappointment. Um, it, yeah. Uh, it got a little hurt on my list because it scored 91. So it was a little further down in the rankings. It had a little higher to go, unfortunately. Uh, but I, I think, Bear, we talked about this on Saturday, on Sunday night. This, I think, has been a much more of a monster performer for Ernesto. Um, 100%. Yeah, I, I, I really do. I think that Encore was, was great. He got number one. It's a great cigar. I think it should have got a little more legs than it should have. But you're seeing this one. The online media has really embraced this cigar. You know, Dojo had it number one last year. Um, as well as aficionado, but this year it's showing up on a lot of lists. Um, you know, how about the cigar guys had the Sojourn size in there, which is, I want to review the Sojourn size. I've only smoked it once and I thought it was really good as well. So, uh, I think this is another one. I hope Ernesto extends this one out with, with some more Vitolas. He, he's been definitely consolidating the portfolio lately, but I, I mean, he's got the app. I haven't smoked the Apogee yet. So, um, Apogee is very good too. Yeah, so I have to get some of those. That's, I'm going to put that on my list to get. But, you know, I think it was a great pick. Um, I actually thought it might be a little higher on your list. I didn't think it was going to be one. But I was thinking four, maybe. So it's not that far off. Yeah, and I explained that on my show when I did the top 10 reveal. I was saying how, you know, I actually, it was uh, unlike the Encore, this was a cigar that was actually hard to get. Uh, when it got the number one spot, it really became one well, of the yeah, one cigars that was very, very hard to get. It's been hard to get this cigar all year. Um, I think with the Encore, they did a lot more production out of the gate than this one. But I think also some of the problems in the DR, I'm sure, delayed it. I, I ordered a box of these and, and I was back ordered for two months from a retailer. I'm very it was very good on this. So. So, yeah, this was a hard cigar to get. I agree. with you. I think towards the end of the year, it got a little easier. So your number five cigar of the year, Coop, was I absolutely nailed it. Um, I thought this was a top five cigar for you when I, you know, and I knew that you really liked it and I knew it was going to be, I, I just had it, I had it in the, I had it as the number five cigar of the year and I nailed it. Uh, so why don't you talk a little bit about um, what your number five was? Yeah, it was a Rocky Patel quarter century in the Robusto size. Um, this is a cigar. It was for Rocky Patel, 25 years in the business. Um, I could tell you that Rocky was really proud of this cigar. Uh, he It was for his 25th anniversary, and I think he really pulled out all the stops. Highlighted by Mexican San Andreas rapper. And I'll say this, I think Rocky's got some of the best Mexican San Andreas he's working with right now. So he's growing his own tobaccos in Nicaragua, but he's procured some very good Mexican rappers, and, and uh, it's been on a lot of hit cigars. I think this cigar got hurt because of the pandemic. This should have been a cigar that really he should have had that big year at the trade show. Um, I, I, I think it would have gotten a lot more people's hands. Uh, I thought the media ignored this cigar to some extent. I don't know why. Uh, it's a cigar that media should have smoked. Uh, why, I, I'm curious why media didn't seek this cigar out. Um, and, you know, I, you're starting to see media now. I think the 60 really caught on a lot more this year, but 60 was at the trade show. Uh, but I, I just I, I love the I love the whole package that this cigar brings to the table. I love the packaging on this thing as well. It's kind of a very different Rocky Patel brand. Um, and, um, you know, I look at rating the decade, the 15th anniversary, the 20th and now the quarter century. And I put this right up there with the decade, in my opinion. It, it's that good a cigar. 
Very different cigar than the decade. But uh, definitely Rocky brought his A game with this cigar. It, it's it's unbelievable. Uh, so, yeah, it landed at five. I think most people who knew me knew knew while well, the winter collection, which I'll talk about, was the one I loved. I think a lot of people knew I liked this. I mean, some people thought that I might have this one at, go one-two at Rocky at one point. A couple of people guessed that, that I might go one-two with the Rockies this year. It didn't work out like that, but. Yeah, no, I, I had it in your top five. I had it at number five. I thought some of the other cigars that you're going to talk about here in a second were definitely going to be in there. Um, um, I thought number six and number three would be flip-flopped, to be honest. So that was my other miss. But I well, Number six, number three? Mm-hmm. Okay, we'll, we'll talk about that. Yep. So, uh, so my number five um, cigar turned a little bit, turned a couple of heads. Uh, yeah particularly yours right um it was a cigar unfortunately that i didn't think you were very high on um you weren't and uh but i i think it's a, i mean it was a cigar that i just kept smoking and smoking and i really enjoyed it particularly in this vitola we we talk a lot about on this show we talk about vitola specific uh how if you don't like a cigar in one vitola try it in another and that was pretty much the way i kind of went about this and and i, I landed on robusto of this particular uh, cigar and I just, I liked it a lot and I smoked a lot of them. I thought they were, it's a really great cigar. Um, in my opinion, very highly smokable, great price point. Um, and it's, it's, it's a great, it's a great find. And that's the, uh, the Alec Bradley, uh, Kintsugi, uh, Robusto at number five, which, uh, was number 25, um, unaficionado, on, unaficionado. but in the Corona Gorda size, in the Corona Gorda, which they got right with the size. I thought the Corona Gorda size was the better one. That was, and I haven't reviewed the Corona Gorda size yet, just so you know. But I don't think it, so this one, it wouldn't have been on my list, even the Corona Gorda. Uh, I was completely shocked by this one, Bear. Um, look, Kintsugi's a good cigar. But if I was playing One Must Go, right, with Alec and Bradley cigars, and the One Must Go's were Blind Face, Gatekeeper, and Kintsugi. There is no question that one must go would be the Kintsugi. Um, I think the blind face really came around with some aging and everything. Gatekeeper is a stellar release that they've had. But Kintsugi just felt a little short to me. It felt a little more. It felt less like an Alec and Bradley cigar and more like an Alec Bradley cigar. I don't hold that against. I don't hold that against them. Because I still think the core Alec, Bra- core Alec Bradley line makes some great cigars. But I still was shocked at a top five cigar, especially I thought you would always give the gatekeeper the advantage like, over that. So I'm like, this well, the no gatekeeper way- made my cigar list last year. Though. But it was, what was it, seven or s- what was gatekeeper last year? Uh, gatekeeper was number five as well. Okay. Even no, so- number four. It was number four. Oh, okay. Four. But even so, I wouldn't have thought it was that close to the gatekeeper. Uh, I thought, you know, I thought it would miss your top 10. I was shocked by it. I just have it now. In fairness, this cigar, it's shown up on a lot of lists this year. So to kind of, you know, this could be one of those things. It's me, not them. It just may not have clicked with me. But I was still surprised. I was like, whoa. I think Jay Davis and I kind of dropped our coffee or something at that point. <laughs> I fell off my chair. So, but again, it, 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 you know, I always, it's, it's not that it was a bad cigar. It was not by any means. It wasn't a bad one. 
I just, again, if I'm playing one must go with Alec and Bradley, the Kintsugi goes every time because the other two are just great cigars. Uh, I'm, I'm going to go back to back coop. So I want to talk yep, no, about no, number yep. four, just because it talked to, you know, we were talking a little bit about this brand already with yep. you on their pre on your number five cigar. We're obviously going to talk about your number one here momentarily. Uh, but this is a cigar that I smoked for the very first time in the past year. And since then I cannot stop smoking. it. I think it's absolutely fucking phenomenal. Um, and that's another offering from Rocky Patel. Uh, but one that you probably don't see in a lot of lists, uh, one that you don't see a lot of people talking about, but I think it's, I think it's absolutely sensational. It's the Rocky Patel Edition Unico 2011 Toro. Um, the turquoise band. Yep. Part of the edge family. If you want to put it somewhere, if you want to, it's a Honduran, it's a Honduran made Rocky. Yep. Yeah. And it's, uh, it is absolutely sensational. It smokes good. smokes consistent. The construction and draw are phenomenal. The taste profile is really earthy, straightforward, but enough spice to keep your attention. It's got a beautiful retro hail. Uh, it's phenomenal. That's my number four cigar of the year. You like this pick. I like this pick a lot. Um, you know, it surprised me just because it was an older cigar, but I'm not surprised it's on the list because of, um, you know, again, how you do it. It's what you've smoked in the last 18 months for the first time, right? So um, you've talked a lot about this cigar with me. And look, as much as Rocky's doing great stuff out of the Nicaraguan factory, I think it's A-Games also stepped up out of the Honduran factory. Um, and I think there's good blends that are coming out of there as well. And this one is as good a Honduran Puro as I've had from Rocky Patel. It's a great cigar. Um, you know, one, originally this won a, the Humo Jaguar contest, which mm-hmm. was a competition. They had a, there used to be a festival called Humo Jaguar which was the Honduran equivalent of Pro Cigar and Pro Sabor. Um, and they only had it, I think, one or two years. And this cigar, like, wowed everyone at that festival. Uh, Rocky did a limited run, and then he brought it back as an – like, the limited run had white bands on it. And then he brought it back with the turquoise brands as, a, as a, uh, an ongoing release. You, you have to get your hands on that cigar. It's a good pick. Based on – if it fits in with your criteria, uh, and it belongs on there. I had no problem where you ranked it as well. I thought it was considering, you know, when I looked at the other cigars on the list, um, it, I think that was a perfect placement. You had it. So your number four cigar um, is not a shock to me. Uh, this is, uh, we talked about Aladino being a perennial favorite each year. Um, you've talked about this brand all the time. When people ask you, what do you smoke a lot of? You tell them that you smoke this brand. So it's no secret that you like the way that that this person, you know, that, that Jeff Hogan blends. And so your number four cigar, I'll let you talk about it. Uh, were you surprised that it finished this high, this low? Did you think it was, or did you think it was, it was right on the money based on what you smoked last year? Um, Pretty much right on the money uh, is what I'll say. Maybe it went up a slot or two, but um, yeah, but I think it, I, I'm, Number four is where it should come in. Uh, it's the Crux Epicure Maduro Corona Gorda. Um, so let me it's a little background on the Crux Epicure Maduro. When they first released that line, it was probably my least favorite Crux line I had I had. had. Um, and I was a little surprised by that because they did this cigar with AJ Fernandez. <clears throat> he was, again, San Andreas rapper. I thought, you know, this is going to be a home run. 
But the, the original sizes, like the Robusto and the Toro, they really didn't wow me. Then, and then one thing about my list is it does count line extensions, right? So there were line extensions released uh, in 2020 with a Gordo size and a Corona Gordo size. And the Gordo size won me over huge. The Gordo size would have made it, all right? You just, I just don't have two Vitolas on the list. The Gordo size absolutely would have made this list if I, put, if I didn't exclude more than one Vitola. But the Corona Gorda outperformed that thing as well. I think it's like, I think it's it, now I'm like those two sizes. Um, I don't know what they did with the blend, if anything, or if it just worked in those sizes as well. But without a doubt, that Corona Gorda is a home run. Um, I, I thought it could even have a shot at the podium. It was like, it was a good cigar. And, uh, you know, it's Crux Epic Maduro, I think, has become a real big perform. I was surprised. I'm not surprised. Like, people don't put line extensions on their list is the problem. I think I'm one of the – I know Loomis does it to some extent, but most of the other lists don't put line extensions on. <clears throat> I think this is where they're missing the boat. Why it's in, You do, obviously. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think it's important to be Vitola-specific here. And uh, if someone just said put Crux – if I just if this was a list that just said Crux Epicure Maduro, it wouldn't have been as high. But the Vitola is what makes it here. Mm-hmm. I mean, that's the one thing I don't like. I love Eric's list, but the one thing I don't like about his list is not Vitola. I wish he would go Vitola specific because, man, I think he nails a lot. Usually he nails that size pretty well. So, um, you know, the size he likes. So, um, but yeah, Crux Epicure Maduro, Corona Gorda, number four. So, my number three was. Actually, let's do your number three because my number three and your number two share. Some, yeah, yeah, I think uh, that's like a good this. idea. Yeah. So yeah, go ahead good. and talk about your number three. So this is the cigar that I flip-flopped with six. I thought three and six should have flip-flopped on your yep. list. Um, I'm not surprised that it performed this high. I knew it was going to be a top 10 cigar. I just didn't see it making the podium. I just thought either the – I thought the Crux or the number six cigar, the Perdomo Reserve, the Perdomo Reserve 10th Anniversary Box Fresh Maduro Robusto, we're going to make it above this particular cigar, but this is a cigar I can attest to. You were very high on from the very beginning because we smoked this cigar for the first time on an interview with Nick Perdomo. So I'll let you talk about it. Yeah, it's the Perdomo Firecracker. And I'll be completely honest. I haven't been a huge fan of a lot of the Firecrackers. They're good cigars. Um, but I was waiting for that uh, first great one. Um, Sokka's was really good. The original Pepin one was really good. LaFleur's was good. But when I, when I smoked this, I remember we had Nick on the show and I said to him, this is the best firecracker I ever had. Um, and it's not a shop exclusive anymore. It's a national release um, through United Cigars. So actually, I was toying who to give the award to. I'm going to give plaques to both of them because I think it's a true collaboration. You know, bringing the United's firecracker concept with Perdomo's blend. I don't think either should be penalized for that. Um, and the only bad thing about that cigar is it's three and a half inches. So sometimes I have to smoke two back to back and I do that. Um, I have bought several boxes of this cigar. I've just come into some more box. I'm going to share some of you guys as well, but actually you sent me one. It was kind of funny. You sent me one. And I was like, wow, you sent me a Fabron firecracker. I'm like, I can use one because I was waiting for another box to come. And, uh, so, I mean, yeah, it's look, this is. This is every like Nick Perdomo made an absolute flavor bomb with a three and a half inch by 50 cigars. All I can tell you, 
I just smoked one before this cigar. Um, it has this little bit of a grapefruit note that I like. Uh, and I'm not a big grapefruit fan, but man, it just balances the whole thing out there. Um, and this cigar, you know, like I said, I think people ignored it a lot because it was, a, they, I think it has a perception of being a store exclusive and it wasn't. Um, and they made another run of these this year. I mean, so it's, it's been a big hit for them. Um, and I think it's the best firecracker by far. Uh, and I'm really excited to, pre- and I, it, there's great, here's the other thing, $6.99. Okay. Yes. It's a smaller cigar, but I challenge you to find another, like on my list. And I challenge you to find a better $6.99 cigar. Uh, it burns slow enough where you're not going to um, feel like you, you're done with it. So, uh, it, like I said, it held up pretty well. I thought it, I, I thought it could be, a, it, there was, a, you know, there was a point it, it was the number one cigar till the, the other two were reviewed. That That's how good that cigar performs. So there's nothing, to, uh, Nick takes a protein spot for the second year or three, and it also goes to United this year. Yeah, I had a United cigar featuring an honorable mention. I had the Abuelo Nieta making, uh, which also made. Yeah, my, that one. I gotta be honest, that one fell a little for me. Uh, it ended up at twenty-eight. It fell a bit, but it only had a ninety score. Keep it in mind, going into the going into my final tasting, so it was lower on the list to begin with. Uh, so some people thought it might, like the re-smokes can bump some of those nineties into the where the ninety-ones are, but it just didn't do that. But it was still very good. So, um, so my number three and your number two are the same blend. And different sizes, t- yep. Different sizes. It's a testament to the performance of this blend. I was really, um, really, really high on this cigar, and this is the second. Uh, this is the second time that this has happened to us. Um, my cigar of the year two years ago was the Christoph Vengeance. That was your number two cigar that year. Um, and, and this is a, this is another year where we were really close on a cigar. And of course that was the Adventura. The I Queen's laughed Pearls. when you said that I was laughing when you unveiled it. Cause I knew the next day what was going to happen. Right. <laughs> yeah. When I was worried, I was worried that we had the same number one. I was like, man, people are going to, people are thinking we're comparing notes here. Um, this but, one was uh, really in contention for number one. I'm not going to say it wasn't, it was, but it was a little further back. Uh, it was a little more ground to me, but yeah, number two for me. Yeah. Mine was the Robusta, the four and a half by 50. Love it. I think it's phenomenal. It smokes incredible. It's the perfect morning cigar, uh, but it's a cigar that has so much flavor and so much pop. You could smoke it any time of day. I love it. It's absolutely fantastic. Um, cannot say enough about it. I smoked the shit out of them. They're, they're fucking phenomenal. Um, it was, um, it was easily, easily going to be um easily going to make the podium for me this year uh, it just finished uh, it barely barely lost the number two spot which i'll go into in a minute so um obviously your number two was the uh adventure of the queen's pearls but you yep. picked a different size yep i picked the corona now i just smoked the robusto the one you had sent me to start the show um and i'll tell you that robusto could have easily been put in place with this one um I think the two best sizes I have had have been the Corona and the Robusto. Uh, I had, I hadn't reviewed the Robusto. Uh, the Lancero for me, slightly less. I know Abe was high on it, slightly less for the Lancero, but no, I could have easily put that, that one in there. Uh, the, actually that Corona was number three on the half wheel list last year. Um, and this cigar showed up on some lists this year. 
Uh, and I think it's a possible con- consensus contender. Um, a lot's going to depend if your list is included in consensus, which I don't think it's going to be, though. Yeah. So, um, but I think it's a consensus contender um, because some other people had it. Um, and uh, it's, you know, we talked about Aventura at the start of the show. They've done a great job with this. Mm-hmm. 100%. So my number two cigar uh, caught probably a lot of people off guard. You didn't. We weren't too surprised. Maybe you thought it would, wouldn't finish this high. Um, but I... This cigar has such a nostalgic aroma for me. So we've talked a lot about how I've, I've talked about on occasion on the show, um, how certain cigar shops have particular aromas. You can always tell a cigar shop, right? When you're around, it has a very distinct aroma, but each individual cigar shop has a very distinct aroma. And when I smoked this cigar, it was like walking, walking into pop safari in Fort Worth, Texas. Mm-hmm. It's been a lot of years there. I worked for Perry Tong, the late great Perry Tong, for a number of years before I came and worked over at Michael's. Um, and it's that aroma smells exactly like that store. Cedar wrapped, 100% Esteli cigar, um, wrapper, binder, filler, all from Esteli, made and manufactured by AJ Fernandez for the forged brand diesel. The diesel Esteli Piero Toro was my number two cigar of the year. I smoked the Robusto at that cigar and I was underwhelmed. Um, we were doing the show, the last show, the aficionado show, and I pulled out that cigar, the Toro. And I'm the like, oh, the one you gave me. Now, now in disclosure, yes, we get samples. I had gotten samples of the Robusto and it scored like an 88, 88 or something like that. And, and that, you know, it was average. That Toro was a whole other. This is this is the second time this has happened with diesel with me where they sent me the Whiskey Row Robusto, and then I had the Churchill the following year and realized how much better that Churchill was. And it's the same thing with this. That Diesel S3 Pure, I don't think it would have been a number two on my list. Um, I, I was caught off guard there that this made number two because I just blanked out because I knew you were smoking a lot of this cigar. And uh, so that when, when you said it, it was like, oh, no surprise. I still said, man, it's still not that good, right? That's that was my reaction because I had the Robusto. When I had that Toro, it was a game changer for me. Um, and size matters, and that's why this is Vitola specific. So I think that that is a I think that cigar will be. I'm gonna re, plan on reviewing that cigar in 2022 because it's still eligible, and we'll see what happens with that. I gotta say, I agree with you, Coop. I don't like the Robusto nearly as much as I like the Toro. I'm probably I'm probably maybe a point higher than you. Uh-huh. on it but it's yeah it's, it's a big it's difference there's a big difference huge difference uh i even like the 60 more than the robusto but the toro is money it's absolute money i haven't you know, I got, you know i'm gonna be uh completely surprised uh i did not have the uh i did not have the gordo and i'm gonna but yeah this is the second year in a row they've done this because general they tend to send out the robusto size uh as the that's the one they always pick and like I said, this is this is somewhere this is a lesson learned to me that maybe I need to explore another size from time to time before the list comes out. Because th- this was just great. In it. I mean, this is like this. This is everything Justin talked about with this cigar. Mm-hmm. Um, and he was really proud of this cigar. And I felt bad like it came in low, but that it just the size didn't do it for me. 
But if you didn't have a Vitola specific list with diesel SOE Puro, if you just said, hey, diesel SOE Puro, the line, would this have been in your top 10? Would have been close. It would have been lower, a lot lower. <laughs> See, I used to do it like that, okay, where I had no Vitola. What happens if there's a dud in, the, in that line? Yeah. See, that's where the problem becomes. If there's a dud, then that's where it is. I think that's that's why I'm very I became Vitola. Paul Asadorian, when I went over to Stogie Geeks, kind of won me over to the Vitola thing very quickly. And I went with that ever since. So my number one cigar of the year um, also turned some heads. Uh, boutique blend. Um, this is the second year. Uh, that this brand has finished on the podium. It was my number, did finish the number two spot last year uh, with the uh, block Lonsdale. So Dissident uh, uh, Rave was the number one cigar of 2021 for Ellos Fumar Takes. Uh, Ecuadorian Connecticut Shade Wrapper uh, made at Oveja Negra uh, Cigars in, in Nicaragua, uh, blended by James Brown and Benjamin Holt. Uh, brand is recently acquired by Joshua and Sin Coburn. Um, and it is an absolutely phenomenal cigar. Um, beautiful, beautiful blends. Uh, a true, uh, what, I try, what I call a true look at what Ecuadorian Connecticut shade can be when it's blended well with. Um, I think the High Clare Castle is a great example of this. I think the My Number Three Cigar, the Queen's Pearls, is a great example of this. You can have a lighter shade, more mild wrapper, and it doesn't have to be that weak, bland, paper-esque, like burning paper, Junlu flavor for a while. Yeah, it's it can be... It can have power, it can have strength, it can have body, and it can have a lot of complexity. And this cigar absolutely nails it. And I fucking love it. It's fantastic. Uh, I smoked a ton of them last year. Um, a lot of people can attest that. Um, yes, you did. And you were smoking this a lot. Sent you some, sent some to Nielsen um, as well. Um, and yeah, it's a, it was the winner for me for 2021, and uh, uh, I'm not ashamed of it at all. It's uh, it was it was incredible. Well, I'm gonna lie, I was completely surprised, but not because of anything. I thought maybe what happened last year, block it's number two, and you will have a one brand, one brand per slot, like on the top ten. You can't have more than two, right? Mm -hmm. So you have an elimination process right correct yes um so i figured last year it just missed it compared to the block so i wasn't it wasn't on my radar for you this year but it makes sense it does fit in with your criteria because you have the 18 months so so that's what surprised me about it. not that you like oh yeah he really likes this cigar and once you said like he smoked a ton of this cigar there's no question uh i've gotten some of these in the mail from you and stuff so i know i know what you like um and look we talked about this on sunday night as well Ovea and Negra, right? Um, they're doing great Connecticut blends right now. Um, you know, if you think James Brown can't blend the Connecticut, go smoke porcelain. Go smoke the uh, Killer Bee Connecticut. Yeah. Uh, he, he's doing a good, a really good job on it. And look, Ovea Negra has been on the coop radars for a while. Number two cigar for you last year. Number one this year. Loomis and the, and the development palettes team 
give the hyena number one. They win two factory of the year awards back to back in 19 and 20. They're our brand of the year last company, of the, uh, small company of the year last year in 2020. There, this is not a company that's anymore the best kept secret. Um, they're just uh, James is just knocking out a park. Not his new brand ownership. Uh, wish the Coburns a lot of luck. I think uh, I know you'll probably have him on a show, and then we'll get him on the show later mm-hmm. in the year. But I think I, I would expect them to be on a show. Yes. <laughs> so no, uh, I've I've already reached out to them, and uh, they're going to be making an appearance here uh on on else for more takes uh soon so we'll have we'll have a date put yep. together for you but yep. yeah i'm yep. excited to have him on yep talking about the future of the brands and uh yeah um i mean hey we, they should have paid maybe they maybe they should have paid a little more if uh they got um this cigar and and this is a cigar that's regularly available yes it is now it's regular production now mm-hmm. but here was the thing bear they the, the press release came out they said this was regular now regular production I was never under the impression it wasn't regular production from Ben. It so yeah so they the, never really said it was limited. Yeah, so the disclosure from the disclosure from Ben that which made it eligible and I got it from him straight from him at the time because it was it was I was smoking a lot of it and I said hey is this I this is available a lot and I can get it um, is this limited? He said no. It was originally released as a limited, but right, very quickly right. moved it to it's wasn't limited edition it was limited production which is a very important distinction and he says it will be available it should be available regularly so uh that's what that's what made it eligible for this year's list very good good job that was a good job like i said for most part ben and i were talking with nielsen i think our reaction was you had a very solid list um like this is a cigar you could hand 10 people and get a, some really great cigars on that list uh so uh i while i disagreed with kintsugi that's not for me because like i said there's a lot of people who really love that cigar so that's not you know that's not saying this is oh this is a piece of garbage how does this get on there no i mean this cigar has gotten a lot of, it's been accentuated by a lot of ratings and validated by those ratings so so yeah really good job with that i thought it was a good number one connecticut can get number one yeah it's true uh, and for the second year in a row, I picked your number one cigar of the year. Yeah, this one was no surprise. Uh, Rocky Patel Winter Collection. Uh, we did a smoking syndicate of the show. I think everyone was positive on the cigar, I, but I was definitely the most positive on the cigar. I was the uh, least positive. You were the least positive. Um, <laughs> and um, this was a cigar. Winter, it was the third iteration of the Winter Collection. Um, it was first released in... 2008 as part of the seasonal series. Uh, but the winter collection, I think we had a Pennsylvania broadleaf wrapper at the time. That became the most, like they had a spring, summer, autumn, and winter collection. And most of the cigars were really good. The only one I didn't really care for was the spring. I thought that was just okay. But the summer, the autumn, and the winter were, were great. But that winter one. The autumn was incredible. You know, that Connecticut, they, they, they did a run of the autumns a few years ago in Solomon size, by the way. Really good. Right. I, it may have been a catalog release, but but yeah, that summer one was really good. But the winter one, it was it got cult status. Uh, there were a lot of rumors that the Patel Brothers cigar was based on the winter, but I don't think the Patel Brothers was ever as good as that, that original winter. They bring it back in 2012, uh, this time with an Ecuadorian Maduro wrapper with some Panamanian tobacco in it. Performed really well. I mean, did very well. It missed my list that year, but 
a great cigar, a uh, very enjoyable cigar. Now they come back this year with the San Andreas wrapper I'm talking about. And look, I, the story of this cigar is um, I had a few of these cigars I had picked up and I was on that road trip out west last year. And I got to Albuquerque, New Mexico, not Albuquerque, uh, Tucumcari, New Mexico. And I lit this thing up and it was like the wow came in. And I had a smoking room that night, which was great. And I'm, I'm like, I think I was messaging. This is before Nielsen kind of got into the group thread. And I'm like, Aaron, I'm telling you, this cigar is really good. He liked it. I'm not saying not as high as me, but he liked it. And um, this cigar was at the top of the ratings all year once it came out. Uh, held on to number one through the whole process. Uh, and uh, I still was quite surprised that this cigar wasn't reviewed. Not, not forget lists. It wasn't reviewed, but we're, I, this cigar deserved a chance to be reviewed by the majority of cigar media out there because you're missing out on something. Yeah, I, I really wish more people had reviewed it. Um, well, I wasn't as high as everybody else on that Smoking Syndicate show. I did say it was that, that night's performance of it. You know, I, I've enjoyed the cigar. Um, it uh, probably would not make my top 10 you know, even in, in its most favorable conditions. Um, I knew you were really high on it. I, it's, it fits the, it fits the, you know, you smoke a lot of different cigars. So do I, right. but you know, there's this, there's this uh, flavor palette that you gravitate towards. This fits in perfectly. Um, you know, the earthy one, it's got a little bit of this blackberry sweetness that comes into it. Um, mm -hmm. Yeah. It's, 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 I, it got overshadowed by quarter century, which I thought again was, didn't even have the buzz it should have had, right? But this cigar got overshadowed by quarter century last year because it came out at the same time. And then number six was doing really well for Rocky at the time. The ALRs were doing really well for Rocky at the times. And then this year comes along, and now the 60s eclipse, you know, the 60 comes out, and, and, and the 60s is going to do very well on Coop as well. It's a different San Andreas type of cigar. But uh, I, I don't know if this is a cigar Rocky Patel necessarily wanted a number one on, right? Uh, but they did thank me and everything for it, you know. Uh, so, uh, you know, which was really nice. I got an instant message on Facebook from Rocky and stuff on that. Uh, he was in India, I think, when, when, when it came out, actually. So, uh, so, but yeah, it was a, I thought Rocky Patel had, the, had a, one of the best years the companies had. It was definitely their best year. Um, there's other cigars uh we'll be talking about and i think you'll see rocky's gonna be back in the top 10 on coop next year unless something weird happens during the review process so, so. that was going to be my question so i had two questions okay mm -hmm. uh i i so you answered it i was going to ask you if rocky patel makes the list next year if you're if you're a betting man does it make the top 30 next year do you think it does um i'm just going to say again i think rocky patel ends in the top 10 for me next year I think so too. I mean, there's there's three releases that are really strong right now. Well, I've only had two of them. I still haven't had White Label. I'm smoking a Disciple right now, and I think it's I think it's a phenomenal blend. I think it's, it's I think it's the one that's getting a little overlooked by the sixty, unfortunately. Really enjoyed the sixty. Really, I did. did. I wouldn't have released it the same year as the sixty. That's just my opinion. So I think it's gonna get a little lost with that. I would have waited a year to release it, but you know, uh, it's it's a great cigar. Yeah. Um. Does, um, so 
you know, to Jay's question about the Fiat Lux, it's still eligible for both of our lists next year. And I'm not, yeah. not going to pigeonhole the Fiat Lux. I'm going to say, since we're so high on Tabaculera Pichardo this year, right. being the small factory of the year, do you think that a Tabaculera Pichardo cigar, okay, not even necessarily Ace Prime, because they partner with Crown Heads and yep. they also make the ATL cigar and uh, Luciano doesn't seem like he's slowing down. He might be partnering with others. I don't know. I have any inside knowledge yep. on that. I just probably think it's going to happen. Does a Tabacular Pichardo cigar make your top 30 next year? If I think it has a shot. You know, the interesting thing why Pichardo, like there were no Pichardo cigars um, on my list this year, right? There was nothing from that factory that made it, right? But Again, that award, the factory awards about consistency and stuff like that, and as well as some innovation factors that go into that. So I think there's a shot um, that it could make it. Um, the box press Toro, the Maduro box press Toro, really is a cigar that came on uh, for me early this year. That's that's a cigar that's eligible. So I don't know where Fiat Lux will lie for me. I'm going to be honest with you. I think it would be an outside shot with that. Um, you know, but there's there's plenty of other stuff that's coming out. So I'd say he's got a shot. Luciano's made my list in the past. So the uh, the original Classico made it. Uh, the Classico Reserva made it. The Red Band one last mm-hmm. year. So I think there's a good shot. But, you know, the Factory of the Year Award's not necessarily about what's new either. I looked at it from two different ways. I looked at it from consistency and what they did innovation-wise. And, and my goodness, think about the releases that they came out with innovation-wise this year. There were some great releases they came out with. So, um, you know, so I think there's a good shot. I don't I don't think there's something that's trending at number one right now. So. Yeah. Technically, uh, Tobacular Pichardo made three cigars in my list, two honorable mentions, the TAA, uh, the Lost Angel, and the Mother Church, the JR-50. The Mother Church, if it wasn't a shop exclusive, would have made the coupe list. Hands down. Yeah. That Hands down. Good. And that was a big part of actually – to make a shop exclusive that good, um, I know like that 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 weighed a little into my voting too. I mean, with, with this factory of the year too, just because they they need to take you and I said they need to take that one and find a way to keep that one going. Yeah, it's so good. I, it was, I yeah, I, I don't like the band. Arguably, it was the arguably the best cigar I smoked this past year. Arguably the best cigar I smoked. Oh, uh, I knew when I sent those to you, like Bear, uh, and they're still available. I think on JR.com. Just you know, JRCigars.com. Mm-hmm. Um, it was arguably the best of the JR 50 series that I've had so far. It was the best. It was, it, it was really good. It was really good. It's very good. Um, there, and, and there were some good cigars. Like it was a great series. Yeah. JR's did no, a great job with that. But, but here, yeah, you know, and I know we're getting a little deviant for, for like Juarez is still be performing well. And I smoked some Juarez's this year, man. That's a good That showed me a lot what this factory is doing this year. Um, so maybe one of the cigars didn't make my list, but th- the factory is about production for me. It, it that's more based around the production pieces. Um, but yeah, I mean that's a. I think the Pachardo Maduro is the one to watch for my list right now. Yeah, hundred percent. I know it's still eligible. There's only sure. one. There's only two cigars that scored above a ninety so far since November first, which is the year. One of them's not el- list eligible. So uh, I got a the Casa Magna Colorado got a ninety three. Uh, by far the best performing cigar I had this year. But it's an older release. It's not eligible. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'll give you a little, little snippet. 
Um, and then we can talk about yours. Uh, Warbear, the Wojak uh, Toro missed the deadline for the coupe list. And yeah, it probably like would have been day, another, right. Yeah. It, a few days, it probably 11 days. It missed it, but it was reviewed like November 1st. Right. And that cigar just climbed up like where I, I put it off because I didn't think it would have a shot to get on the list. Right. So I put off the review. I said, I, this ain't going to make it. Right. And then there's a band, nails in 92. Uh, it could have been on the podium for sure this year. Had it so, but that's why I use a two year window. I don't penalize a cigar because I didn't get to the review in time. And I think that's why a lot of us people say, Why are you going to this format? You don't want to penalize a cigar you haven't had. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. What, uh, is there anything like you mentioned the Rocky 60 for you? Is there anything else like people should keep an eye on? It's early, I know. The 60s, good. I, I'm telling you, the disciple man, uh, keep an eye on us. I'm smoking. I love, I love, I've had the 60, it was really good. I'm loving this Robusto. Um, you know, the, the, I think the Baya or whatever, yeah. the, the weird Vitola one with the semi closed foot. The ba, foot. the, the Bala. Bala. That's yeah. kind of become a little bit of a signature size of Rocky. I think it's, uh, I think it's really cool what he's been doing with some of those things right now. Um, yeah, I like I said, I heard Dave Garofalo mention call out Rocky for having a great year as well. Uh, you know, so Mickey Pegg got the All Saints Saint. That that was the one there I thought was going to be on your list. Was the Saint Francis? I didn't smoke. I didn't smoke it till like September, man. I didn't know that. Yeah, I thought for some reason you had smoked it beforehand. No. Um, but that's probably Eligible when I said that. Sure, I, lo- I love it. I love it. It's got it, a, I mean, it's got a chance. It's got a chance for next yeah, year. Yeah. And I think, yeah, I mean, there's other sizes that can come back on the list. You know, one thing that I even mentioned, right? So there's two cigars on my list, right? That were lower than people would have expected. And I'll, I'll name it. Do you know what the two cigars are? They were lower yeah. than people that lower than people expected expected. Yeah. The Underground 10. Yep. That's one. And the uh, Numero Uno, 24. The Numero Uno actually climbed into the, it actually crawled off the bubble, believe it or not, the premiere. It actually was out, it was, it was out of the top 30 when I started the re-smoke. And that one climbed up like late. That was one that climbed up a lot. But the other one was the All Saints, St. Francis. But they were, they were the latest releases before the deadline, which is the PCA trade show. So when I look at the algorithm and where they scored, they, they didn't have that benefit of uh, performance over time where the time factor was less. Mm-hmm. So next year, if one of those other sizes of all saints, uh, I had the, the Toro, maybe the Robusto comes up on there. Mickey's got another shot. That's what's, that's what's the beauty of uh, at least my way. I like my list. Is it, it, it gives it another shot because another Vitola can make it. Um, like I said people need to pick, do line extensions on their list. That's the most, uh, the only way I see line extensions on the list is like, remember the Padron 90th? Mm-hmm. Everyone was putting them on the list, right? But when Charlie did the consensus, it brought 1926 on the list because he, he takes all the Vitolas, right? So it actually, it really was an extension of 1926. But I think right. if it had that 90th name, people went and reviewed it, considered it a new cigar. It was a new cigar, but they made an exception for excluding line extensions, is what I'm saying. All right. I think anything else we want to hit on the list, or are we done? No, I'm good. All right. Good. 
Congrats, um, uh, Rocky Patel and Dissident. That, yep, yep, and you got some titles to defend. I'm, I'm actually wrapping up. I got through all three cigars tonight, which was pretty good. Um, so just a couple of programming notes on Coop. Um, show Thursday, uh, episode 17 of Primetime. We have on uh, Nick Sirius of LH Cigars. Um, and uh, so you want to you want to tune in for that. I think it's gonna be a great show. Nick, and we're gonna talk a lot of Cubans on that show too, by the way, because Nick's got a big pulse of what's going on down there. Um, I think we're gonna have a jukebox next Monday. That's still to be determined. Uh, I gotta talk to Dave tonight to see what we're doing. <laughs> see issue. Um, on that, and then um, the following Thursday is um the twenty sixth. What is it? Yeah, I'm just looking at the calendar. Uh, no, it's the 28th. No, no, it's I'm wrong. Yet. It's the 27th. I don't think there's going to be a primetime show that night because of TPE, but there may be a live, a live show. We'll do a couple of live streams from people if we can make that work, but it won't be a full show that night. So um, there won't be that. But jumping ahead to February 8th, um, we have a pretty, we have an annual tradition that uh, I've gotten confirmed. Uh, we're going to have this guest. So it's the big game show. It's one of our uh, big traditions here. And um, the guest will be our friend, uh, John Carney, one of the best football guys you'll have out there. Um, yeah. The guy is on point with football knowledge like you wouldn't believe. Um, and I'm excited about that. He has confirmed. I don't know if we're going to be smoking LFD football cigars that night. I'm not going to put pressure on him for that because I know they're having a lot of deadlines right now. Um, oh, darn. That means we just have to smoke other LFD. Oh, darn it. Oh, man. Yeah, I mean, I have some, oh, believe mm. me, I have, I have some small batch six and sevens that I'm pulling out that night. So, uh, but I'm excited about that show, Bear. That's always one of our highlight shows of the year to do. So, um, that'll be the February 8th show. Um, that'll be 115. So, um, like I said, that's, that is always one of the favorites to do that show. So, uh, plenty of stuff coming up there. Absolutely. Yep. Well, cool. Great show. I'm yep. really excited about the great smoke this year. I'm excited to talk to Abe some more here in a couple of weeks. And, yep. Uh, yeah. Yeah. No, I think it'll be pretty good. Hopefully we did some things a little different tonight and I'm sure you'll have a little different spin. Um, and, um, thanks to our audience, Skip, Sean, everyone um who was in tonight and stayed this was a longer one tonight uh we almost hit the four hour mark here so uh that's gonna wrap up primetime special edition number 114 into the annals of history for tuesday january 18th now wednesday january 19th on the eastern and central time zones thank you everybody uh thanks abe again we'll see everybody next time take care we'll see you next time